Well, listen up, scoop close to your host with the most. Chris Smith, as he boasts, we toast as we roast. Any little problem, and we'll fix it in post. Playing devil's advocate as he hits you with jokes. Who can it be sitting next to me? Adney, your baby's daddy, spitting comedy, magically scoring all your comic book wannabes. You're gonna be hit with a hook, I'll turn your face into a tragedy. Stevie B with the chemistry, dropping recipes and melodies, recklessly, especially using dark humor as his weaponry. Mentally haunting all your dirty thoughts like an entity, no empathy, just credibility. Discussing history. Legacy, ethnicity, destiny, felonies, industry, jealousy, memories, pregnancies, tendencies, therapy, heavily. Alcohol, a cast is the remedy. 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 The remedy. This is Alcohol, a cast. We are your hosts. I'm Chris. I'm Rodney. Who's and he's eating? eating, guys. <sighs> and I am Stevie August Borghese. Look a good breadstick, see, dude. I think we took a step, took a t- step in the right direction because now we are all hosts, so that's good. Um, <laughs> and Chris kind of put us to the side, like yeah. we were just like he put himself on a pedestal. <laughs> we broke the even glass though ceiling. we we like we voted. We're like Chris, no, you direct us pretty well. You should be host. And Chris is like, you guys are my peasants now. <laughs> and basically put himself on a pedestal. He was no, a he's in charge of everything. False. Every time we try to pitch an idea, he's like, I don't like that idea. We're not gonna do that. So it's just now it's all Chris. Chris yeah, podcast. He's just, he's just sitting there. False. False. Chris like whispering. False. 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 That's false. not true. That's a, yeah. False. No, no, that's true. Um. So special things. I'm gonna give a special shout out to Nikki Cotton. She I actually don't think her last name is. I don't think her last name is phonetically Cotton. Yeah. Cotton, but like alphabetically it is. I don't think that's how you say it though. But whatever. She'll text me and let me know. Oh, you fucked up my name. But special yeah, shout now out. I got people Nikki. trying to attack me. The last name's when... fucking wheat, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was such a that one flew so way over my dude. head. Um, I wanted to give a Wanna special. Want to say modal? 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 <laughs> 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 <Bill> Burr. <laughs> Can't pronounce that fucking like cl- the, those underwear. <laughs> I want to give a special thanks to surprisingly Malaysia. We had several cities. <laughs> shout out Malaysia. <laughs> Malaysia. So shout out to Malaysia. Thank you for forgiving us. I know Will Ferrell tried to have Ben Stiller murder your prime minister a few years back. <laughs> Do they even uh, speak for looking over that shit? Um, also, I mean, you gotta Latvia. We have not forgotten about you. <laughs> Throwing it back I mean, to Latvia. We still care. I do. <laughs> I know the world forgot about you, but we didn't. <laughs> It's like um, Libya. <laughs> I didn't even know how to fucking pronounce it. Oh, dude. So I love that Adney, like, whenever Adney, like, finds a place that we get, like, listeners, Adney will, like, research their whole fucking place. <laughs> fucking, Google, what does he fucking, Google satellites their house and shit knows where they fucking live. Looks like a nice person. I'll give him a shout out. That's cool. Um, I want to give a shout out to uh, one of, or actually my best friend. Uh, I haven't talked to him. In, I mean, we talk occasionally, but he lives out in uh, Kansas with his family, his two sons and his wife. And. Um, I barely get to see him. I haven't seen him in a couple of years, but he called me this morning to tell me that he listened in for the first time and that uh, to keep doing what we're doing. And he was like, man, you guys sound great. Adney sounds intelligent. <laughs> um, and, uh, <laughs> like he was uh, you surprised. Guys, you, guys are making, you guys are making me laugh, man. Keep doing what you're doing. So that's really cool. And uh, also... Uh, I love you, Kenny. Danny, love you so um, much. Who is it? That's his last Segura. name? Segura. Segura. I, don't uh, I was like, are you Tom's brother? <laughs> Tom's brother, dude. <laughs> Danny Segura. Yeah, that, I, can, I was like, man, how, yeah, he said some really. Him. He said some really kind words today. Don't and, even uh, know that guy. Really appreciate it, dude. Told you you're going to get a shout out. You got a shout out. <laughs> yeah. Homeboy. Is what you're you the mean. man, dude. You're, you're the, the man. man. Every... Wim, every every girl, woman at your work yeah. needs to fuck you. Bianca. Play, this, play this on the loudspeaker right now. <laughs> ladies, ladies, <clears throat> listen, listen up. Listen, scoot close. Scoot close. Listen. 
have sex with Danny Segura. Okay? Just touch his Throw balls. There. Touch his balls. They're as smooth as eggs. We've heard this. Right? <laughs> yeah, he sent uh, me so a let's, picture. Let's, uh, let's get into it. Yeah, he sent me a picture of his balls, too. Very weird. Very nice guy, though. Very nice balls. Well, well. Adney wanted to hit back up on my casting ideas because I wasn't... I'll, I'll admit it. I didn't have everything fleshed out, okay? I, I know I was a little <laughs> combobulated. I just knew who I wanted to be in it. And so... Yeah, last week... Uh, we like hey so we did our dream casting for certain projects. I picked a video game series that's being adapted. Stevie picked a, a horror movie that's being readapted for a second time. Chris he went a real unique way and said I have this group of people. It's a very interesting group of course, <laughs> and I want them to do a project together. But I don't know what the project is. And we said next week we'll have a plot. We'll have something. We'll have some kind of idea of what this movie would be. And so. We went and did that because we are men of our word. And <laughs> I have one. We just decided to do this today. Like we listened. <laughs> we listened. <laughs> Andy Roman goes, dude, we got to write a script. You realize that, right? We have a day to write a script. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> we had a whole script at least an idea. Yeah. Of, you know what would be a good movie, What's dude? The if somebody dude. did a thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know thing. I have one. I know Stevie has one. Chris, do you have one? Do you no. have a, a, You don't have nothing? No. Nah. God, you fucking Because I knew you guys were going to come with heaters. <laughs> come with heaters? <laughs> I do not even have a heater. I do not. Mine's not really a okay, heater either. So, okay, so um, to reiterate, he wants this film, this uh, undiscovered project, this secret thing. That will be amazing. Uh, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Director of The Godfather. Mm-hmm. And Apocalypse Now, probably. Well, yeah. I just wanted to give him one. So, like, just one that they need. Like, I'm yeah, I wanted to give him, like, one. those are two... Like, two of his yeah. best, but still super different. Starring Jack Black. <laughs> I mean, do I really need to tell you who Jack Black... I, if I do, you suck. Co-starring... Why are you listening to this podcast? Lizzie Kaplan. Uh, Michael... That's a big one that she's been in. Mean she's Girls. Been, mean Girls, she was oh, ugly, but dude, she's yeah. my, my best friend's girl with Dane Cook. She was the fucking horny uh, roommate. Was um, finger blasting herself all the time, playing the, video games. The sex show... Uh, that's all. Oh, that's um, Master, Masters of Sex. Yeah, there you Masters go. of Sex. Yeah. She has her titties also, out on that Time one, machine. dude. Oh yeah, and then, there uh, it is. Hot Tub Time Machine. She's like the girl. Michael yeah. Pena, uh, famous for uh, End of Watch and being the only Hispanic character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, I'm gonna beat that home. I'm not gonna stop saying that. Shit. No, <laughs> it's, it's a good one until they add one. <laughs> and they, I'm glad in uh, the the cop movie. What was it called again? The what? The cop movie that he was in. Um, last End of Watch. End of Watch. They didn't make him like. Uh, your, uh, your, what is it called? Caricature Hispanic. He was like funny with his, you That's know, why with I his co-star, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. They did an amazing job. There, you know, it was like the first time. It's like one of the saddest fucking movies ever, dude. <laughs> that movie, like, I, have, I, I cried. I haven't seen it. I cried. Spoilers. No, I'm just kidding. Mm -hmm. Anyways, uh, also co-starring uh, Michael Rappaport. Michael Rapp. Uh, uh, deep for Blue Sea. <laughs> movie from 97. You should give him a shout out because you know romance. he listens to the podcast. Dude. <laughs> Michael Rappaport's a huge fan. <laughs> oh, he has a yeah, pretty good podcast. But okay, so that's that's what we're working with. And my idea... It's an all-star cast. Like, because when I thought of uh, Francis Ford Coppola, I immediately think of that 70s aesthetic. And like the way The Godfather was shot, and my first thought was noir, yep. kind of. And so what I want, I want a noir film where I want Jack Black is like this hard-boiled detective who's kind of an alcoholic, basically uh, Eddie Valiant from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, <laughs> so we're going oh. that, oh, that, dude, he can, 
if they remade that, that'd be same a perfect suit. fucking So basically, cast. Like, yeah. like the same outfits from King Kong that he wore, but you know, just a better movie. <laughs> and <laughs> so that he's that sucked. guy, and he's like a drunk, so he can be wild and he can be Jack Black. He can be a little crazy, but it's still like dark it. because like he has it. alcoholic. But I want it because that was the main thing with Francis Ford was to make it dark. Like, yeah, but exactly. I wanted dark comedy. That that dark comedy. But yeah. yeah, it's Jack Black, so it is gonna be funny. It's not. It's gonna these all four of these actors yeah. are funny, so it's gonna have the comedy. Uh, what I wanted, I want Michael Rappaport uh, to be like. He better be a hook nosed Jew. What <laughs> no, he's not. He's gonna be like an Irish mob boss. Didn't we talk about not having in people into their little cubbies, Chris? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we're breaking stereotypes yeah. with our films. Whatever. We're like The Wire. No, we're, we're gonna we're gonna make him fucking. Different. We're gonna make Michael Rappaport like Miklo from Blood and Blood Out. Okay, that's <laughs> we're gonna break these rules, break yeah. these chains, yeah. homeboy. Yeah, Miklo meaning basically we have a Mexican gang, but they're saved by the one white guy who comes and helps them. Like, oh, he's we were helpless. Thank you, white man, for showing us how to be more Mexican than we ever could be oh just like God. Tom Cruise in The Last Samurai <laughs> thank you what was that joke from uh, Chappelle so the last nigga on earth with Tom Hanks <laughs> <laughs> that's basically what that shit is but uh alright anyway so he's he's like the main antagonist in my film uh Lizzie Kaplan I'm a little like I have a hard time placing her because you're gonna want her as the love interest but what kind of love interest my first thought was to be like the femme fatale that's always in those kinds of movies Basically, she's kind of working with Rappaport as like a half assassin. So she can be like, you can see her as a badge, you can see her killing people. And in the end, she's the one that like, like of course I don't have this all worked out, but for some <laughs> reason, she saves, she decides to save Jack Black's character. And it like, you think Jack Black is going to be the hero and it turns out it's Lizzie Kaplan. Ooh. She saves the day. I like she that. beats Rappaport. But uh, then, of course, you have Michael Pena. all about that female fucking lead. Empowerment. Right? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Michael Rappaport, as I've discussed before, every, like, 90% of Hispanic roles are either a thief, a drug dealer, oh, or Pena. a gang member. Yeah. So we're not going to change rap. that. I did? <laughs> so there's the thing, though, is I want him to start out like he was originally a gang member. Like, show basically the plight. Of the, his, of the Hispanic person at of that time because it's going to be like nowhere like I said so it's going to be like 50s or so basically he was like an immigrant worker or, or son of immigrants who became part of a gang in order for him to eat and he had this horrible past and then at the end he realized he's not at the end of the movie but like he decides that he's going to work with the police to try and like not be change his own path and help his family out so he helps jack black he's like his partner kind of thing he's like the informant he's like like he's like you have you have uh uh experience in these kind of gangs you know more street lingo than i jack black do so i need your help to fucking solve this thing and michael pena does that and what i'm trying to do is that transition it's basically i don't know kind of meta i guess where you have the typical Hispanic character who's playing the typical Hispanic role of the gang member oh, who slowly he... transitions into the hero and he's just a regular guy. Like, And of course, having show him having to deal with racism. Like, He's trying to work with the police and they're all white and they're kind of like, yeah, whatever. What do you got this fucking wet back here? You got this fucking spick. Like, have that shit said about Michael Pena and him just having to say – like having to prove himself like harder than anyone else just to be – 
considered slightly equal. And he's talking so, Quentin Tarantino racism in this movie. Like, he wants <laughs> oh, to yeah. hear what guaranteed. Yeah, 80 Dark, times. Guaranteed. And he's trying to, like, it's, it has to be like, what are those, the counter bar? He wants that counter to where it's, it's like, definitely going to be one, like wet back two, two hours, <laughs> 12 minutes. Yeah, yeah and man. I want him to be on that equal footing of like every, like when Jack Black gets stuck on certain things. The it's underdog, like, where you're It's Michael Pena going, oh no, this is how it is. This is how they work. This is how we do things. It's like this, that, and this, and that. And then, like, that just, like, he helps move the plot along so well. So, basically, Jack Black, he does some detective work, but most of it is thanks to Lizzie Kaplan and Michael Pena. So, you can have have the typical, like, you have the typical white lead that most people want in, like, or, like, well, it's not a, it's a fucking different lead. So, this is a, oh, this is a woman's movie. Lizzie Kaplan's the main character. It's a woman's movie. That's what a lot of people will say. Or if it's Michael Pena's the main character, will say, oh, this is a fucking, this is uh, my family all over again. This is Blood and Blood Out all over again. No, it is a movie everyone can see. Like, you see this guy, he starts out as the main guy, and then, like, you find out that he's not the one that did most of the work basically it's zelda <laughs> kind of kind of sort of like you find you know it's the, the name is this but it's the of someone else yeah. doing more work and i thought like, basically what i'm trying to do is do a little triforce there of you have these <laughs> three people who all do like kind of equal work in order to get the job done the that's story. that's cool you're that's also selling michael I pena fucking love it you're also selling michael, <laughs> P- michael pena as the uh the underdog he's a scrappy underdog he's yeah. you know the immigrant he came from nothing and then he realized that that's his character came from arc. nothing became a gay yeah. member then became a his hero his character arc he becomes a hero and he realizes this you know he's helping the police he's a rat but i don't want to end with like racism being cured where it was like yeah i didn't like you at first because you're dark brown skin but now i see your value i don't want like the police chief or any other cop to say that no i want it to end with no everyone else in the police station is still racist they still look down on this isn't it this struggle hasn't ended yeah and then michael pena shoots jack black and you're like okay he's still a gang member (laughs) yeah have jack black do a little bit of racist stuff too he's like like kind of like what i'm you're you're gonna help me all drug yeah like but (laughs) not not like super mean like not like an evil racist a funny funny racist funny funny, funny racist i want a family friendly racist that's what i'm trying to say i love family friendly racism sitting by the table with your grandparents and they're like nigger and you're like holy shit you're from a different time (laughs) this just makes me think about do you know that the people honestly think hitler's still alive in argentina yeah 120 yeah Yeah, he's an actor now you never you know (laughs) dude he would be like 120 years old dude dude, are you kidding me look at how old he was in the 1940s they believe so no this is everyone's a fucking idiot read the book one second the book is oh this is good steve is looking around his library right now Got him started oh, on some shit. Kampf. No, 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 not, not my. How do you Kampf. forget the title of his book? No, 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 not. I know my conflict. It was a joke. This book. book is called Gray Wolf, and it's called The Escape of Adolf Hitler, and it mm. is by Simon Dunstan and Jared Williams. Now, what this book tells? So yes. Speaking uh, to the mic. So yes, when the Nazis or when World War II ended, basically, uh, the Pope and the fucking Catholic Church helped. Most of the Nazis and the Red Cross as well helped the Nazis escape to Argentina. There's so much German culture in Argentina. It's crazy. As shown in evidence in that documentary, um, X-Men First Class. <laughs> Michael Fassbender go he does he goes Nazi hunting and he kills those Nazis in that bar yeah. in Argentina. And even even we even yeah. we brought Nazis over here. How do you think we got to the fucking moon? Warner von Braun. Warner von Braun. The it was called Operation Braun? Like Warner the von Braun. What? No, 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 no. He was. B-R-A-U-N. Listen, I've been a Nazi, but I really like shit. There's a lot of that's a common German name. That's like saying Diaz. Oh, I know that guy. Like, no, it could have originated from him, though. You know. Uh, but what's it called? 
um, it's Operation Paperclip. We took all the Nazi scientists and like engineers, and basically we cleared their name and brought them over to America. And it helped us advance ourselves like crazy. After World War II, why do you think rockets go up? Who cares where they come down? Dude, and Von von Braun. That's not my department. Says Werner von Braun. Yeah, Werner von Braun. He, we look at him like a hero. He helped us get to space, but he was hanging Jews on his space station in Germany. Like he was fucking shit up. He strapped Jews to the rocket. You know so much about German shit. It's kind of weirding us out. Bazzi, no, this is my real voice. <laughs> Hold on, like I like there, uh, Stevie told me his idea for the movie of your cast, and I fucking love it, and I really okay. want to hear it now. Okay. Sorry, okay. I'm well. So yeah, that, read that book because Hitler did escape to Argentina. He died in 1960. This ain't book suggestions. That's the end of the podcast. Oh, he did escape, but they, they, there's there's clear evidence. But we'll get to that later. So, oh yeah, that's a different podcast entitled Hitler and why he was maybe right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not condoning Hitler. In defense Hitler. of Adolf Hitler. <laughs> in defense of Adolf Hitler. <laughs> You condoning Hitler? I didn't say that. I'm not condoning Hitler. I'm gonna need Adney to save me. All I'm saying is, I could see the train of thought <laughs> to where he would do that. End then, quote, Christmas. No, as oh, I love it because anytime that we've said some shit that's like, whoa, Adney comes in and saves us, turns it around. Like, so I, think I, know I think I know what you're saying. Yeah. Let me let me say this. You just keep your fucking mouth shut because you're digging yourself a hole, buddy. Let me put this train back on the tracks. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, do your movie idea. So I went out sort of like a meta way. Um, So you don't. So in the movie is fuck, dude. So Francis Ford Coppola will direct it. Now the movie is about Jack Black, and we're gonna make him look a little bit older. Okay, he kind of like peaked his uh, his film career peaked early. He created some of the greatest films of all time. Then he started doing shitty movies. Okay, so his character is his, his, character, his character is a dramatic actor. Yeah, his character is dramatic, but like he's still funny. He's like you know he could be dark humor, but he's kind of like sad. And he's been he, everywhere, kind of like Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, so he peaked very so early. So this is Jack Black playing Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> in this movie, yeah, basically. Yeah, kind of. We do that. So, so like Jack that. Black was like a happy-go-lucky. Yeah, he graduated at the top of his class in film school. He created some of the greatest films of all time. Now, created, you mean directed or Directed acted? and wrote. So I'm going to have him like okay. a director, writer, make him look a little and older. Uh, he's No, he's not starring in the film. Oh, he's the director. In the he's film, the director. Okay. in the film, he's the director. It's almost like Francis Ford Coppola is filming himself. He's almost like a Stanley thing. Kubrick, but, you know... So, but he like kind of fell off. Yeah, so Jack Black in the film is the director and writer. He's Now he basically, all the films that he did were fantastic, and then he starts to fall off the map. People start to not like him. The shit he's writing is shitty. The shit he's writing is shitty, and the uh, like couple movies that he made, for instance, Jack by fucking Francis Ford Coppola, it's like, man, this guy created The Godfather. <laughs> Part and then, one and two, yeah. probably the greatest sequel. And then like, he creates Jack. Uh, so he that, that was like the invention that. of Create the prequel. It was a prequel slash sequel, and no one had ever really done that before. So like, that's revolutionary, and that's yeah. what yeah, fucking Francis did. That. Yeah, so, so that's gonna be Jack Black's character. He's basically playing Francis Ford Coppola in this movie. So it's meta. You don't. So he wants to pitch this movie. He created this masterpiece. Okay, then he keeps trying to pitch it to uh, movie production or to production companies and nobody's buying it because they're like look at your look at your roster look at the shit movies you made we can't give you money there's no way netflix you, would pick that shit up ne- so okay. fast i'm just kidding ne- ne- netflix isn't in this universe chris okay <laughs> 
fucking yeah. Netflix. There's no heaven in our <laughs> <movie>. <laughs> Um, So he creates his masterpiece and he's trying to pitch it. And what's funny is I want Michael Rappaport to be the Jew that he's trying to pitch to the production production company. <laughs> yeah. So and he's, he's like, the well, rich movie. We're not taking this. Yeah, he's like, Rappaport's he's Michael Rappaport playing fucking Larry David. Uh, yeah, <laughs> playing a producer like a, that works at a production. It's like we can't give you this. We can't give you this money. But they were like, or finally, after they read the script, they're like, this is great, but we're going to change some things, and we're going to basically pick the actors. And he goes, no, if you're going to take this on, I he already fights have, for his I, cast. Yeah, he fights for his cast. He's like, listen, this is why my movies got ruined, because people, he said, it. this is why my movies got ruined, is because people basically started putting in their two cents. They started doing the Kanye West thing. Everyone's like, oh, it's great. This is great. This is great. He for, he lost the taste of what was good. Yeah. Just like Dane Cook. Dane, Dane Cook talked about that, how... He got so popular, people were cheering for everything, and so he didn't oh, know so he what didn't was know funny was anymore. Funny. He couldn't tell that if he was actually being funny because he was getting great reaction. Because his new no stuff what. sucks. Yeah, so, yeah keep, going, so, keep going. So Jack Black pitches it, and then after a long time, you know, he's like, he, like he's just like Adney's character. He's drinking a lot. He's just he's lost it. He's lost his way. He's not funny anymore. It's like it's, he's at the end of his rope, and he's like, this is how I'm going to get back on top. Finally, Michael Rapport's like, okay, we, you know, we get to pick the actors. We want to change this, and he fought for it. And he says, no, we're, this is how it's going to be done. And he goes, you know what? We're gonna take. He's like, he's like, All right, we're gonna, we're gonna take a risk on this. And he goes, who are, who are your choices? So he's gonna break the cycle of movies of always having the white girl and the fucking white guy and shit like that. He's actually gonna. I want the um. With, uh, Michael Penna and Lizzie Kaplan yeah. to be love interests in this movie. So I want love them it. to be like the Hispanic gets with the white, you know, the, the Hispanic, that Caucasian. A lot of white girls. Yeah, and, but in and you movies, you, see that in you don't get you to see to this. You don't get to see the... <laughs> <laughs> you always see, like, look at Hitch. You always see the black guy getting with the Hispanic girl. It's always like that. Yeah, and you know what's funny? Like, I'm glad you brought that up is because that movie Focus, that was the first time you had a oh. black lead and a white female lead and the two actually kiss on screen. No way. That's every the first Denzel time, Washington right? movie look time? up. Yeah, every, that's what I saw online. And wasn't there a <laughs> Will Smith every, one? Like, every the... other Will Smith movie where you see him, he never actually like makes out with his female uh, love interest. And let's be honest, Will and... Smith is white. He's white. <laughs> Denzel Washington doesn't either. Like, I heard on the Cracked podcast how he was in that movie with like Julia Roberts or something. And it was supposed to be like the book was had a huge love interest and he refused. He's like, no, nah, there's no way they're going to like people are going to go insane. And they really didn't like the fact that it was a black lead. So. Yeah, and it's like they they usually have look at what's that movie with um what's that fucking Ashton Kuchek or Kutcher? <laughs> Ashton Kutcher. Which one? Um the one where he is with Guess Bernie who? Mac. Bernie Mac is what's yeah, that? Yeah. Guess yeah. who? He was dating Zoe Saldana, who's Hispanic oh, actually. Yeah, so and they make Bernie her, Mac make was her, her black father. character, yeah. And so it has to be a white male. Yeah, it can never be a black couple, male. It's gotta be a white male. Like the it can't be a minority Asian. person with a white woman not at all so that's i hate that they, so they that's can do why, that but they can't like show a sex scene or anything like so that i want to show the racism through cinema with by doing that i want jack black to fight for these two characters like these two people yeah, and i wanted to basically say no i'm not sorry if you want this movie this is what we're going to put on screen we're going to do something new we're going to break the normality we're going to be original for one time so this is his idea of trying to bring it back now in the movie you never know what the movie is you don't get to see the movie you don't even know what the fuck he's writing about so the movie is his struggle to get this on film finally he meets his two fucking leading roles okay gets the movie. so he's gets casting the so at this so, point michael raps like 
Okay. Yeah. So he says, okay, basically. He, 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 he's like, you know what? We're going to go for it. We're going to do this. I like, you know, he's say Michael Rapp. I, love I want idea, Michael Rapp like to kind of like break down in the middle of the movie and to tell Jack Black, it's like, you're the reason I got into movies. Like watching your movies as a kid is what made me want to be in cinema. Which and you let me down with the stuff the that you, age. you know what I mean? Be like, no, well, we're going to age, age, age Jack sites. Black. But I wanted to be like, you know, that's why Jack Black is like, uh, he peaked young. He peaked young. That's the thing. So it makes sense. You have Jack Black, a young director, and it's like, this kid came out of nowhere. He's phenomenal. He's the next star. So he peaked early, and that's why he sucks at a young age. Right. So that's the idea. But that's you have, you know, I got into movie production because I grew up on your movies. I love it. So I want to kind of have... That's why he decided, even though in front of the people, he has this, this yeah, entourage around him. Everyone's telling him, don't do it. Yeah. But he's like, no, this is like one of my heroes. And at first he's fighting it like, no, we're not going to do this kind of thing. But then he kind of takes write this Jack thing. Black kind of <laughs> takes Jack Black aside like, in the middle of the movie and says, you know, you are the reason I, pu- I pushed for this for you. Because you, I mean, you're giving me hope for you to make a turnaround in your career. I would love for your career to end with greatness kind of thing, with a masterpiece. So then you get the casting, and I'm actually going to have Lizzie Kaplan and uh, Michael Pena fall in love through the movie, through the idea of cinema. They're working working on the movie. They're working on the movie together. Like they're going through the whole struggle of we got to get this made. They both feel passionate about the project. And through that common they, ground. They read, do reads together, everything like that, and you can see them slowly start to fall for each other, okay? Because awesome. you don't see what's in the movie. You don't see what the movie is. So you can you, even them, though they're reading together and everything, like you, don't, you don't get any context Like, like the it? scene will start after they've read uh, the lines. You could do some really so, cool and stuff like, even, in those scenes. Even like, the, I want the director to be in front of uh, Jack Nicholson. I mean, sorry, um, Jack Black filming, directing on his side. So you see behind the screen. You see what goes on behind the scenes. You don't even know what's going on behind your back. You don't know what the set looks like. You're watching Jack Black direct. You get to see what we don't get to see. So you're putting the on, that on film. And then in the end, like I want that whole walking out of the walking out of the cinema. You see the poster, and you know, or like, or the screen. Like you can see the screen like blacken in the movie theaters, and everybody stands up and gives Jack uh, Jack Black a standing ovation. And then you get Michael Pena, Michael Pena and Lizzie Kaplan stand up together, kiss, like basically pull Jack Black up, and he's crying. You know what I mean? It's like a huge thing, and then. You get to see it clips over to you know uh, Michael Rapaport and he's like sitting in the back and he's just he's like looking at the screen. It's oh, black. he's everyone, smiling. And he's that no, that's, what, that's what I want. That's what I want. <laughs> so I want him to look at the screen and everyone's standing up and cheering for Jack. And he kind of looks off like a little out of the camera and he smiles and he stands up last and gives him a huge fucking hurrah. And then that's how the movie ends. Something something like that. What I love about it is the fact that like part of what's it what was in the Sony leaks was the fact that. Uh, a lot of studio members were talking in their emails saying, oh, well, we don't want to do like a Denzel Washington like sequel to Equalize or anything like that because, you know, Denzel Washington doesn't do good overseas. You know, black actors, other countries, they're super racist, so we can't other do that countries. many. Oh, yeah, yeah, hold on. You need to explain to people who don't know what these Sony leaks, what you Oh, well, uh, okay, so like a, like a little while ago, um, some hacker – got into the emails that, you know, Sony uh, executives and, like, you know, the heads of Sony productions and, like, leaked out onto the internet the emails going back and forth. And it was some of the most horrific fucking racist shit you ever heard about how, like, 
didn't you know we don't want to put money behind a black lead because everyone's racist then they're like yeah everyone else is racist we're not it's racist like, we're not racist we love the african-americans it's, it's like it's african-american like, right? it's like i'm sorry but there's not that many i'm sorry but there's just not that many great minority actors it's like yeah because you started a system yeah. where the roles only go to the white lead so a lot of minorities aren't trying to get into acting because they know there aren't that many roles for them and it's that it's a fucking circle that kind of eats itself. And then, like they were saying that we can't make a Denzel Washington movie because he doesn't open good overseas. You know, you can't have a black lead. And they're saying shit like that. And I could imagine in this movie that Stevie's pitching, the studio saying that same thing to Jack Black's character. You can't have Michael Pena as your lead. He is Hispanic. That will not make money. And you have a you have a, a white female like supporting character. No, this has we need a different actor. And like him saying, no, I gave into that before, and it ruined my movies. Never again. That's how it. That's how it's been. We are gonna. We are literally watching the shift. That shit is done, dude. That shit is so archaic. I have. It's I've, not even done. It's still so pervasive. It's, it's just pervasive, you have people trying to fight against it, but dude, it's gonna be a minute. You saw the you're producers right, that are right. old as fuck that were in the time where they That's were doing. That's what I'm saying. That. Eventually, so how old are we? You know, we're all like 26, 27, or whatever. The guys that are still in there are like in their 50s, right? So. That's when apparently you get to run shit. Is when you reach that thirty-five and up range. You then you the get president. to run shit. Yeah, you, so you once we're the, in that thirty-five and up range, us like our generation, that shit's done, dude. It's gonna go away. Like I talked to my little cousin. She's uh, 15, 16 years old. She literally, she says she doesn't see race, but then when I'm hanging out with her, she literally doesn't see race. Like she's not like. It's funny because she's still racist, but she she doesn't like well, racist is the wrong term. She makes jokes. She makes jokes about race. She's not racist. Racist was the wrong term, but yet she doesn't put them down or like uh, look at them think, different. Think They're that not... they can't be what she can. Everything is at an equal playing field. But yeah, you're brown, so I make fun of you being brown. I'm white, you know. You should make fun of me being white or whatever. Yeah, you motherfucker so, smell like mac I mean, and cheese. Jokes. I don't think jokes will ever gonna go are ever gonna go away. But I think we are gonna start to see a shift once we get a little older of that concept where minorities can't be lead. I do think it's gonna go away. I really honestly I, I, believe. I have I actually have absolute faith it will go away, but I do think it'll take a longer time frame. Um, like I, I've seen what you're talking about right now of these the generation after us. There's so many of them who are so open-minded, and it's so much more like, yeah, that's bullshit to think that way. That's so archaic to them. And But at the same time, I see kids my age that I went to school with that are super fucking racist. And sometimes I'm ashamed to call them my friend because of – it's not – I'm like, you're not making a joke right now. You're You're super angry about a certain thing. And like you're just going after it and you're white and you're pretending like you are it's so fucking like you're so oppressed and like everything's hard on you and you have the worst life ever. And it's like Damn, no dude. one else has it bad. And like I see that so much. And these some of these people have fucking kids. I was going to say we live together and then until you said the kid thing. That's true. You're not going to be able to completely eradicate it. It's not going to happen. It's still going to be around. Yeah, but I think the majority, the like the majority yeah. is shifting. I think like, at yeah, least this I'm next hopeful. generation, I'm by hopeful. the time these kids that you're talking about, when they're our age, the, it's going to be – the world is going to be so much different. Yeah. Like At least the country at least is going to be very, very different. It's going to be so much better. But yeah, and it's going to take a minute. Racism – the, when you're kids, dude, you have so many more different friends. I mean, I, you're hanging out with everyone in school when you're kids. It's the parents yeah. that feed into these kids. Exactly. At, it's when, hearing at their what your most, parents say. At their most impressionable age. It's like, you know, that is your mentor. That's that's who's raising you. 
and then they come over and tell you, you can't hang out with that friend. They're different. They are not like you. They are different than you. And so this kid builds this idea when they're and children. They don't even have okay, to say different. it. Sometimes it's just the body language. Sometimes you just pick up on the way your parents feel about a person and since they're your parent, you kind of start to develop those same things. Even if you're, it's you're self-conscious. I mean, even if you don't realize you're doing it, like it's intuition sort of, you know. Yeah, and you're like when you're a kid, your parents are basically God. And when they're always saying something and all if all your parents watch is Fox News and all the shit they say and the Glenn Beck show. Fox, Santa's white, kid. If you remember that? If you're Santa's only hearing white, that. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, if all you hear is that, like that's going to be part of – the way you think that's like and you're not gonna you're like oh that's just the way it is like no it's not you were kind of a little brainwashed yeah you were you were fit that was fed into you and this this conversation kind of uh, for some reason <clears throat> brings me on the topic of uh babies because joe from jre joe rogan experience or whatever he was saying that that's the thing that the people that don't have a kid and that the people that do have kids start to realize is that there's this shift. And so you stop getting mad at these idiots because you realize, oh, you had a fucked up childhood. Like something that was going on when you were being raised was fucked up. And that is what has created what you are today. So I'm not mad at you really. Like, okay, that's how you're going to be. Then I'm just going to kind of distance myself from it. And I really like that train of thought. Like, so without having a kid, he was saying that you can't get that same uh, parallel, which I will disagree with because I think we're all coming to that same parallel. But he says that it's not the same. And I can't really make an argument to it because i don't have a kid yeah it's hard to you know so i really can't say that like oh no you're wrong i can't at all but yeah i love the point it's awesome the point of the whole that whole conversation was stevie had a great idea for a movie it was like chris put together a bunch of fucking screwballs to be like hey do something with this dude (laughs) oh well i did suck it chris (laughs) yeah i came up with that yesterday Uh, i like it (laughs) speaking of chris Uh, <laughs> he did. He Chris said, segueing like a fucking professional." Um, we got a little update on Chris's dating situation. Of course, we all we love. <laughs> Everyone, make the noise. Make the Chris. Make the Chris. You always plan that. Okay. Didn't tell no, me. No, 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 that was that. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. A new update for Chris's relationships. Okay, so we all we love to talk about Chris's dating situation. It's some of the funnest stuff we do on the podcast. Because it's, it's such great. a tragic comedy. So please, Chris Smith. And making everybody feel good about themselves by association. Uh, it's fucking <laughs> Fuck, man, she dumped me, but hey, at least I'm not Chris Smith. <laughs> your, name, your, na- your name's going to be like in Kingpin when they're like, I'm going to get Munson out in the middle of I'm nowhere. I'm Chris Smith. I'm get Chris Smith. She no, Chris like, Smith me. Oh, uh, dude, you hit her up. She didn't fucking didn't text you back. Or no, just like in general, like, oh, like you've been single for like a good, you know, four months. How's it been going? I, dude, I've been Chris Smith in it this whole time. Like, that's all it's been for me. That's but so... anyway, <laughs> enough of the amazing jokes that we tell because they're super funny. No, but Chris uh, is the shit. Chris, like, I'm telling you, all the ladies out there need to bang my boy. Not even, ha- not only handsome, successful. What? Just got a job interview on the phone. My boy's <laughs> killing it. He totally looks like Conor McGregor. Dude, his beard is glorious. <laughs> he, he even said he'd beat up Conor McGregor. So Okay, you could stop. Conor, I know Conor. <laughs> I'm showing I, I know Connor listens, I so my address that. is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, we have Connor's on the phone, right, Annie? Uh, let's see. Where did we what leave? Woke up, Chris Smith. I told you. I heard did you, you could kick my ass. Still... What the fuck are you saying? Did we leave him when I had the date? 
God damn it, Andy, shut the fuck up. <laughs> five minutes of just nothing. I can't remember exactly where we left him off at. Uh, um, we left so, him out. Oh, you have issues. That fucking bitch. No, you're like, uh, she said, um, you were talking to her for a while. You guys were hitting it off. It was everything was fucking great. And then you tried to ask her for a date three times. Oh, right. And she and kept saying no. But at the meantime, all those times she said no, she actually went on dates with two other guys. And you're really upset about it. And we're like, well, actually, she does have a kid. There's a few circumstances we tried to justify, like, oh, what's this? We were playing devil's advocate in your on in so your honor. You got some you got some answers and stuff. You got some little. Uh, the first thing I want to do is so like when we record and like there's been a solid like two week gap because we did a bank episode because Stevie had to leave to Cancun. So there was a, like from last week to this week wasn't a week. Yeah, like uh, the the space between episode seven and this episode episode right. eight is a good week and a half. Yeah, exactly. So I just because I don't want this person to feel bad because she does listen and i'm having a great time with her i just want to profess that well you, just, you buried the lead right homeboy. Now. you buried the lead um so right, i hit her up about part. that whole entire like all these other boys and she had explanations some will call them excuses i call them explanations because for some reason i give the ladies the benefit of the doubt when they tell me uh i shouldn't but Everyone preaches honesty and all that. So, like, like if I think you're being honest and I've kind of, like, gotten a relationship with you, I'll kind of, like, okay, if that's what you say. And and so she gave me explanations as to why those other dudes got the dates and I didn't. And I guess that she was talking to him for longer and, you know, the explanations aren't really... Yeah, that's what I was saying is, like, maybe, like, she met him before and his time just came. That was one of them. And then another one, she said it was convenient. So one of them, it was, like, I am. I also work fucking all the time, you know, and she said that she happened to just, like, have a couple minutes. So I'm not really... I wasn't that butthurt. I was when I first came to you guys because we hadn't talked about it yet. Well, the next day, I go to work and then we're texting, and I was like, I was a little upset about this, and I talked about it on the podcast, and you might be mad about it, and you might hate me afterwards, because, I mean, like, we weren't, like, nice, you know, we were we were honest, and honesty isn't always nice, and so we're talking, and I finally, she's like, well, what are you doing right now, then, and this was, like, on a Wednesday, and I was like, oh, I'm just sitting at home, and she's like, I get off at 6, I have an hour, let's meet up, because you kept saying that, you think I'm afraid to meet up with you. You think I'm afraid to meet Well, I'm not afraid to meet up with you. Let's meet up. So I got 6 o'clock at this location. Be there. And I was like, okay, I'm there. So I get there, and she fucking shows up. And I was shocked. Right then and there, I was like, oh, shit. I'm in a different league. Because really? I hadn't even gotten to this point yet. <laughs> like, I had never met with somebody on Tinder yet. Well, you know, so, oh, shit. Like, she's a real person. Down. Yeah, she's Holy fucking real. Fuck. She's not a bot. Wait, yeah, let me see your penis. Let me see your penis. Must be a really <laughs> advanced see, yeah, robot. Right, immediately, I'm like, oh, she's a tranny then. <laughs> Fuck. She would have told you. Come <laughs> on. You get that they don't tell you. That's a stupid. No, that's up. a stupid movie trope they do in every movie and TV show. Is like, oh, the the fucking fucking tranny will wait until you're about to have sex. Oh, guess what? No, because if they did that, they would get murdered yeah. by that guy. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> fucking so true. thing, you fucks. Yeah. So oh, no, oh. they have to tell you right away. And, you know, I don't want to die. I have a dick. Yeah. <laughs> um, just so you know. Before we meet. Yeah. So. Got and so we got drinks, and we sat there, and we chilled for a solid, like, 40 minutes or whatever. And it was a great time. We just talked. You know, I don't want to, you know, it's, it is what it is. No, so, I want bulletins. Uh, I actually, bulletin points of everything you discussed. It was funny because <laughs> then 
We're gonna. That's uh, actually. Gonna Chris is gonna there. take up the rest of the podcast with this story. So <laughs> no. let's go ahead. And no, no. Um, so then, okay. So we met up for drinks, and I'm like, right on. Well, then we're texting. I don't know if I should say this, but whatever. And uh, we, by this time, it's been about a week and a half. Like it's been a little bit of time. Like oh, since it's you guys been at least no, a week. Well, since you guys started retexting in a good way, because you've been talking for a little bit longer than that. Yeah. Because it was exactly. a week. It was like a week or and a half prior to the seventh episode so it's been a solid like two it's supposed to been two like and two, two and a half weeks yeah. yeah yeah wow time's fucking fine yeah and so she i'm like okay well i want a date so we're texting on the next day i'm like okay well let's go on a date and she's like okay we'll go on a date and so this i got a date drinks? scheduled this was after drinks Sweet. yeah yeah nice. so drinks went well we all we i oh let me just so <laughs> we're walking out to her car you know i'm thinking like how am i going to make sure that i at least get a kiss you know like, i wish they could see chris's hand gestures right now <laughs> it's so exciting so, like, she's sitting there and she's talking about work or I, I wasn't exactly focusing on what she was talking about because i'm over here thinking like okay i just had drinks with her had a good time so how am i gonna make sure that like i get to god sorry i apologize i should have done it lower and farther away from the mic and that would have been a soft i apologize but you fucked up our boys rhythm i apologize so anyway from what i heard was you went towards her car with a rag with chloroform all over it that was that's what they missed when I was saying. I think that's what you said. I don't know. I was distracted. I was just TV. making sure that she was walking ahead of me so I could just hit her on the back of the head with a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> that's smart. It's okay. That's smart. It's archaic, but that's smart. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, then she's out, you know. I mean, I'm not I, condoning I it, but it's a paleo diet, so I also do the paleo way of getting women. <laughs> so we're at the car and we're talking, and I was like, man, I. I I can feel it. Like, there's just a feeling that you can get. And she kind of, like, doing a little hip action. She didn't do a hair. Mm. Was she no doing hair. the shifting when she walked? The shifting? No the shifting. Thing, no. Thing. She's, I, I must say this about her. She's super, like, um, I hate saying independent. I want to say strong. Like, she's just a very strong individual. Um, and so I just go for it. A mentally like, strong uh, woman We're, we're talking, and then there's, like, a hot. moment of silence. And I'm like, uh, go for it. And I didn't do it like alfalfa. I did it like Chris. Hemsworth, you know, like, oh, I'm so sexy. You smashed a glass of orange juice? What? Hey, did you go in 90 and she went in 10? or did You, you go dare with... not kiss me? Did you... The mighty I Chris? Did you go You're in... right. Actually, I went more of the hitch route. I went 90 and, and she, she went 10. 10. Yeah, At yeah. least she didn't hulk out on her. Like, That's I will true. flux on you if you don't kiss me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> pull okay, out, so you, pull you out your big green dick, Chris. <laughs> I think you're pulling out your green dick. No, because we already established who Chris is, so you like suppressed the Hulk, and you just I Bruce Banner. You Bruce Banner. Exactly. Smooth I gave her Bruce some Bruce Banner, Banner and no Hulk. You know, she didn't want to see the green guy. Uh, no yeah, one. She wants want to see to. a green dick. No one wants to see a green dick. No, because exactly. you're white, and that mean you have a disease. That was <laughs> green. I don't want my friend Anyways, to have a dick disease. <laughs> and so it went well, right? I was like stoked, and the next day comes around, and we're talking and all that, and I was like, okay, let's go on a date, and she's like, yep, yeah, we're gonna go on a date, but. At this point, I don't know why or how, but at this point, we are so comfortable with each other that she'll, like, sext me, and I'll sext her. So we start sexting. I'm literally at work. It's, like, 2 o'clock, and she's like, I just can't wait to feel your dick inside. I was just like, oh, shit, do I need to go to the porta potty real fast? Because I don't go to the bathroom out there. I work outside. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, it's, it's porta potty. It's going to the porta potty, and I'm thinking about it. I I don't I don't like you rub on your back sometimes. Your grandpa walks up. You're just throwing sparks. Yeah. Your dick is fucking rock hard. Just, yeah. What the <laughs> fuck is this? I knew you were my grandson. I uh, knew you were my grandson. Funny. Like if she if she if she like sent some nudes. 
Not just not not the lazy typical nudes, but I mean like top. She won't fucking do it. I already good asked. lighting, fucking like no, thirty nudes, and then she sends you the focus. best ones. You know what I mean? In focus. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She set the her phone up on something and then posed in front of it with like the front camera on to see to make sure it was good. Or she got like a selfie stick and started doing it with that. Yeah, like that's um, or that's, she got one of those other guys she went on a date with to take pictures of her to send to you because that, be, <laughs> that would be nice too. I'd still be cool. That's what Whose finger is that in the camera? That's my brother's. Don't worry about it. <laughs> She's like a guy shopping for his mom underwear. You know what I mean? <laughs> one really well done photo is better than fucking ten blurry dark ones, ladies. Seriously. Yeah. She has a blurry crotch. Do you not know if I could bang this woman? <laughs> Very blurry crotch. Man, there weird. was a juicy text that she sent me. Oh, it was don't, re- don't repeat it. It was that she said, um, so we're sexting, right? And I was like, ooh, I can't wait to see you on Friday. Like, it's pound town. Let's go. Damn. <laughs> it's because I'm stupid. And we all know That's Chris, what happens Chris when I get comfortable. A when I get comfortable, I say stupid lover. shit. It's Slayfest 2016. <laughs> you're a sensual lover, dude. We know. Okay, well, I didn't say that. <laughs> you know. I just you know. thought it. I yeah, didn't say you know that. yourself. I Chris knows like, about oh, Chris. I can't wait for Friday or whatever. <laughs> and so she texts me back and she's like, oh, no sex on the first date. And I was like, good thing I already took you on a date. <laughs> oh, shit. Those were drinks. Ah, but it was a date that's for a, me. That's what she said, too. Whew, she said, smooth counter, those were drinks. And I was like, that's what you thought. <laughs> that's my So sus- we got into this theological debate about what constitutes Jane. We were like, on back and forth. No, she Alcohol. definitely tried to put it to bed, you know? I didn't even argue. She I was just like, know. no, you're right. You're right. She didn't know that Chris Smith's sustenance is alcohol. So basically, you went to dinner together. Like, that's <laughs> basically what happened. Yeah, you're a bender from Future Own. Yeah, exactly. You smoke because it makes you look cool. <laughs> so the day goes by, and then Friday comes along. It's time to meet up for the date. I'm at that fucking place. She shows up. Did you suit up? Like, oh, shit. You suit up? Did not suit up. I didn't want to I don't want to go too hard the oh, first okay. date, you know? And it's, it's not... It was at yeah, Caselli, yeah, so yeah, it wasn't not like that. a... She ain't ready for that. She shows up in fucking like normal ass sweatpants. She's like, I didn't know you were in a definitely suit not sweatpants. She <laughs> looked good. Like, I'm not gonna lie. She looked good. And we hit it off. And we're talking. Everything's going fucking well. And two hours goes by or whatever. And we're done with dinner. And I'm like, well, she already told me she's had a kid. Am I really trying to see her kid right now? I have a Dang. belly full of lasagna. Nothing like, I'm full. I had a great time with her. I Honestly, sex wasn't even on my mind. I was just stoked... That I got a fucking date finally yeah, through Tinder, and it wasn't a date that went sour or like I fucked up. Any, like, everything was good. We were both laughing, so I just felt like so accomplished. I guess she was that going I out wasn't with even a star, dude. Yeah. You didn't recognize? Oh my god, are you Chris Smith from <laughs> Alcoholicast? You're like, yes, yes, I kind of am. So I wasn't even like looking for sex. So I was like, okay, right on. And we made out again, all that good stuff, and then she went home. And that was it. And I was like, okay, I'm not even going to text her. I didn't even text her or nothing. Well, the next day, she texts me. What are you doing tonight? Do you want to have dinner at my house? And I was like, whoa. thought you don't like You just channeled your grandpappy. Did she bring you over and you cooked? Did, like, did she say, I got all this food. You want to cook for me? No, she cooked. She, cooked? she said, I made all this Ooh, food. And I go, What's her number? What's her number? <laughs> I want to hang out with this woman. I like I said, I will be a dad to her kid she's if she strong, comes. Man. Like, that's she's, it. she's a very, um, she's, she's on top of her grind for sure. That's she's fucking, fucking awesome. got her shit under control, and that alone is fucking sexy. Yeah, it's motivation dude, it motivates so you. Is. It's dude, so fucking sexy. Finding someone with ambition is a motivation for your own ambition. It's so true. Like I hate when I do hate that. It's like, um, 
don't, if you hang out with the wrong crowd, you're going to kind of fall into the wrong crowd. It's like, hang out with whoever the fuck you want, but just know, like, I saw a thing with Snoop Dogg. I'm not even, he sounded like a fucking philosopher. He's like, man, you got to, you try to carry your boys when you're succeeding, but man, the gap gets bigger and bigger and bigger. It's like, you got to do your own thing, man. You, you know, the gap gets bigger. You can't carry all these people with you. You can't make a star. You're born a star. And I love that idea. It's Snoop like, you know what I mean? Knowledge. Oh, Snoop dropped it hard. I was like, damn, that was the most ph- He's going to narrow the show shit ever soon. And I would rather have that than Morgan Freeman do it. <laughs> it's just like that other philosopher that said one time, uh, mo money, mo problems. I, <laughs> I think it was Biggie. I'm not sure, but yeah. but that shit's deep as fuck, Famous 22 dude. Profit. It's pretty deep. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, Talking about Biggie, uh, there was actually a girl who for like her senior thesis in chemistry or whatever – Wound up spelling through the periodic table. Oh, I saw that. Dude. Save bitches, get money. Or what, no, that's the wrong phrase. What is it? Get money, fuck bitches. That get money, fuck bitches. I think that was the phrase. Get money, fuck. Yeah, I and it was know, I don't spelt know. out with like the periodic table. But it was spelled with the periodic where, like, table. You know, like, the yeah, letters. it was gangster. Gangster. And like no, but she like said the chemicals like in her. Yeah, she said like the in her quote, it was just like a list of chemicals. She's like, what the yeah. fuck is that? Then you look it up. And you exactly. place all the chemicals in order, and yeah. it spells out. That's fuck what it bitches. is. It's like yeah. she wasn't saying. Genius. Because yeah. then she, because of course, it's like you're graduated. What do you mean? F- get money, fuck bitches. And yeah. it's like you know, it's like the fuck is like the F, but then it's like the asterisks no. and then fucking exclamation mark and shit like that. So she did it such a smart way. It was what a smart ass hood no, ass bitch. <laughs> that girl's hood is fuck and intelligent. Yeah. I fuck with the periodic tables, my nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like it was funny because she was like super Asian, so hearing that <laughs> voice come from her would be great. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. Because anyway, I don't put people so in their cubbies. The Asians can be ghetto as well. Back to Chris's, <laughs> back to Chris's corner. <laughs> Chris's corner. So I was like, of course. Of course I'll come over and have dinner with you. But I thought this was like moving a little fast. I thought you don't like introducing dudes to your little man and all that. And she's like, yeah, I don't feel special. I was like, nice. Okay. Like at least she's fucking it's the podcast. with me. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty awesome, dude. Yeah, she was did really call cool. Did he kids? Kid. Are you dad Three. already? Are you Papa Chris? No, Grandpa. Not yet. That takes a minute. Pappy Chris, Pappy Smith. When the kid accidentally calls you dad, that then you're in. Yeah. No, it's really but funny. You, you better call you. He Pappy, kept calling dude, me that's... her son. Like, is your son gonna leave? Like, why are you calling me your son? Like, I don't think you really understand what that means. But Bro, yeah, you're not your mom's boyfriend. You need to calm yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What you so cock over there, son? <laughs> the boy is eating, and we all just eat, and everything's cool. And then <clears throat> she has to like divide her time because like he's doing his own thing, like he doesn't want to fuck with me, and I'm like whatever, I don't fuck with you. But I also wasn't like <laughs> I don't fuck, fuck you. With you. <laughs> I'm not fucking talking to him at all. Fuck you. I don't want to talk with you either. No, <laughs> well, he's a kid. Yeah. You ain't my kid. He's yeah. a kid. Trying to be your daddy. <laughs> It's a quote from Baby Boy, by the way. Yeah, I was being really cool. Like I was trying to talk to him. I'm still, I still have a hard time talking to children like that. Like three years old. You have a hard like, time talking to me. I, I look say? like a child. You know, you kind of just let them talk or whatever. And so he finally goes to sleep. Well, he doesn't really go to sleep. She puts him in the room. We put a movie on, and we're cuddling. And I was just like, I can't help it. So I was just molesting her essentially, <laughs> like you know, doing all the cool stuff, the romantic stuff. The cool you know? stuff. Like all, going the stuff on all the cool arms kids do. or whatever, scratching her arms, scratching her Is back. Is your kid sleeping in a room? All, like the sensual stuff, you know, when you're cuddling, you know, you're just touching yeah, each other. Yeah, yeah. Does your kid sleep in a room? No, her kid has his own room. She has oh. a 
two bedroom. Okay, that's all. Oh, damn. So it's all, dude. One that's cool though, because you don't yeah. want to get a hand job in front of the kid. Yeah, it'd be you know weird. what I mean. You're like watching the kid while getting the hand job, right. waiting for the kid to like wake up. So you like no one else kind of the kid, Stevie. <clears throat> well, that is kind of what happened though, because <clears throat> well, so you just have be been like... with a real mom before, because she's like, "We better keep your eye on my kid. If he wakes up, I gotta stop jacking you off." I'm like, okay. You've been with a shitty mom. Yeah, that's kind of bad. That's the one thing she was like, I don't know if I want you to say this. And I was like, well, when you're getting involved with me and you already know that I host a podcast, you know that these stories are going to be on there. Like, so if you don't want to do this, then I'll fucking leave or whatever because, like, I don't want you to think Because the podcast is more important than our relationship. Podcast is number one. Your kid's number one. The cat's number one. <laughs> That's my. This is your kid? This is my cast, okay? No, but no, it's good. It's it's cool because, I mean, that, it's cool that she's cool with it. That's awesome. I mean, basically, she's famous now. We just made her famous. She basically just sucked. Yeah, uh, we got like, what, 20 followers on Instagram? Nah, <laughs> we got some followers. I, I mean, she basically just fucking. We got uh, listeners in Malaysia, dude. She can fuck off. Malaysia? <laughs> Where are you at? She basically just sucked Bill Clinton's dick. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's famous for fucking, for fucking around with Chris Smith. <laughs> now she's all up on the, the podcast. <laughs> People at her place of business knows about so, her. So, uh, as we're on the couch or whatever, watching a movie, and I start making it out there, and she was like, I thought you said that we needed to watch this movie because it was Mad Max. And I was like, no, you need to watch this movie. Because she hadn't seen it before. <laughs> I'm going to go home. You watch this movie. I'm going to come back when you're finished. <laughs> No, I you, want you to write a four-page essay on this movie. <laughs> yeah. to you, dude, that's all. Hey, keep watching this movie. I was like, no, I'm gonna you keep watching you. To is watch what you this said, movie. basically. You were eating her out and shit. She was watching the movie. Yeah. She's like, oh, oh, and you're like, oh, and he rises up the spot. And she goes, no, he just crashed the vehicle, <laughs> and it was really good. He just <laughs> said, witness me. And it was badass. <laughs> it was badass. He's gonna doing, come back shiny and chrome. You do what you do. Pat you on the head. You do like all the reference. You do all right. So. We're making out, but the kid isn't asleep yet. So, uh, pants aren't off or anything. Like, this is full body clothing still, and the kid keeps coming out. So, eventually, he's in there for a little bit of time. So, I'm like, oh, I think he's finally passed out. So, now I go for the kill. I, like, ah. mount her, whatever, legs Hunter in till between the me. And we start making out, and we just start going at it. Shit is hot and heavy. I'm all fucking rock hard. It is going down right now, right here on this couch, in the living room. And then, bop, our kid fucking pops up. People again. can't see this because they're at, they're at home. But Chris got super quiet into the <laughs> mic because our mics are in boxes. Because for the sound, Chris gets hella quiet. Closes his eyes. Mm, he gets smooth with it. He it's was quiet. singing into he the starts, mic. Man, oh yeah. <laughs> dude, you got fucking sensual. I'm hard right now, dude. Well, this story is great. <laughs> Anyways, well, the kid popped out again. You're like, oh, well, fuck. So he came out again. She goes and she handles it. And so this time I'm like, well, I don't know if that kid's going to actually fall asleep. Should I just leave? Like, I'm all fucking confused at this point because I'm not trying to have sex if this kid's going to walk in on me. That's just weird. It's just weird. I don't want to do it. Not me. Not yet. It's all natural. It's how he was made. And so I was like, hmm, I'm trying to think about it. But as she puts him back or whatever and comes out, she's like, nope, I'm coming. Yeah, that's because she's she, just like, she put a fucking for chair in front of his point. door like she locked the door up with a chair. <laughs> Stay the fuck in there. I haven't had this. I haven't had this in months because of you. Because of you, little bastard. <laughs> Telling her kid shit. You always walk in on me. I'm locking you in there, okay? Give me 10 minutes. <laughs> no, she needs some cereal and shit. But at this point, it's fucking on. So she closes the door, and we come back, and we're getting right fucking back to it. At this point, pants are off, shit's off, 
I'm naked. She's naked. It's going fucking down. We're railing out. Boom. Uh, on the couch. Oh, you like that girl? Oh, yeah, I like oh, it. Oh, yeah, I like it. Yeah, Can you give us the shorter it. version of this fucking story? <laughs> Sorry. Okay. It's funny because he could have told us the whole version but of this story banging, and it's still the short version. Like, we're finally banging. <laughs> we're finally banging. And I was just like, yeah. But we're on the couch. Mad Max is going on or whatever. Dude, and then that's the, the movie to bang kid. <laughs> Did she yell at you? Mediocre! <laughs> no. Mediocre! But then, oh, as we're fucking banging, like, her legs are up in the air. I'm fucking going to pound town. Her kid fucking walks out. So, like, I hear the door open. And I'm like, fuck that! And I Superman off of her. And I dive onto the ground, you and there's, like, this Ottoman. You yuled off the couch? Dude. Yeah, dude. It was so gangster. I did it so well that there's a mark on my back. I got to show these guys the mark on my back so they can tell jokes. But seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so they can tell jokes. Uh, it looks like you... A bullet grazed your back. It, it looks like... It looks like a horizontal vagina on your back right now, Chris. <laughs> and so that She hurt. beat you? You could second date, she beat you? Dude, this is she bad. Already, that's, that's why you're I like, don't. no. That's and why like, this week you're like, no. She's she so you. nice. She's so sweet. Cause you're scared now. <laughs> now you're scared. <laughs> now you're stuck in abusive place. <laughs> now you're stuck oh, in abusive shit. relationship, Chris. <clears throat> Offer dating. So I had to die <laughs> in between like the couch and the ottoman or whatever. My back got all fucked up, and she's butt ass naked, and she pops up and like wraps a towel around her, and then goes and she handles had a towel her ready? shit, <laughs> bro. Damn, dude. And then comes back bro. out. And I'm sitting there, you know, on the outerman, and I'm just like, oh, this is like, this is so done. So like, I'm on the ground in between the couches and shit, Hiding. and she just your comes friend around <laughs> and sits down my dick and starts riding. I was like, we're still gonna fucking do this? Like, you don't think your I, kid's gonna come out? When again? she was like, pulling, when she was pulling her kid into the bedroom, was he looking out of the ground like, what's this? What's this juice? Is the snail? No, he couldn't see me because no, no, like no, just the how juice is the snail trail. You know, she was just in a towel. I figured uh. you sip on some <laughs> super lame joke. I know that was a uh. really lame joke. But yeah, and then eventually the kid fell asleep. We went in the room, all that good stuff. I spent the night, which I was not expecting. She to jumped do. back on your dick though afterwards. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Dude, that's not, pretty, I can't that's lie. Awesome. It was pretty sweet. Yeah. And then I stay the night, and then I wake up, go to work, and then she hits me up again. Like we're talking throughout the day, and then slowly she's like, "You should come over again tonight." Go Damn, over dude, again. Was that three days in a row? At this point, I'm like fist bumping, homie, right? Like, what up, little three year old? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, daddy? <laughs> um, but it was really gay because the second night when I went to spend the night, the dude wouldn't go to sleep. And so we went into her room, and the dude came into her room. And he was like, nah, not tonight. I heard you last night. <laughs> <laughs> and so he slept like with Hurting us. my mom. <laughs> and I didn't, I wasn't like, oh my God, or anything. Like, whatever, I understand. But what sucked is about 3 a.m. rolls on, and this motherfucker is awake talking about he wants apple juice. Mom, I want apple juice, apple juice, apple, over and over and over again. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to fully, I'll get the apple juice. At this point, <laughs> I'll go get you apple juice, bro. Your mom is apparently a hard fucking sleeper, and she can't hear you like a fucking alarm going off in my fucking head right now that you need apple juice. <laughs> just turned it out over time. You, you brought him apple juice, he throws it to the ground. Orange juice. I want orange juice. <laughs> Fuck you. Oh, Come with me funny. to the fridge and you can pick out what you want. Uh, <laughs> Damn. But, so hey, that was kind of gay. But uh, I mean, I was completely respectful. I didn't like blow up and like, fuck this. Like, I get it. Like, I do. Like, whatever. That's yeah, part of it. Like, I, that's kind of what I signed up for. So, long story short, Chris, 
Finally got laid through Tinder. Uh, you realize this is Rocky? Your whole dating story is like it was bad, and it got bad, worse, and then worse, and then you hit like an all-time fucking low of, I finally had a chance. It was there, and she fucked me. Fuck that fucking bitch. And then you came back strong, and you went the distance, homeboy. You went the fucking distance. Congratulations. I'm excited for the sequel. Golf clap. But she's actually you, really You and cool. Rocky broke racism. I don't and know now, how you did it. But. So that was Chris's week. <laughs> like real, I'm not on Tinder as much anymore. The listeners at home. As much. All the listeners want to know what home is. I gotta pee. What you think pee. about Mad Max. That's what the <laughs> listeners want to know. What did she think about Mad yeah. Max? So we know you loved it. It's one of your favorite movies, Chris. Uh, Adney, uh, so that was his weekend. Uh, well, oh. I was gone on vacation. What did uh, you do this weekend? <laughs> oh, well, I got to see one of the greatest comics alive. Robin Williams? You dug him up? Or did you... Okay, no, I'm sorry, Andy. Our favorite If comic. I didn't say alive, that joke would have played. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> but uh, I'm talking about Jim motherfucking Jeffries, the crazy cunt from Australia. My favorite comedian, personally. And at one of Adney's as well. Is he definitely, top? definitely. Dude, guy, come on. It's hard for me to... It's hard to pick a favorite sound comedian. I know, it's super I know difficult. a lot of people out there probably say, oh, yeah, easy. Like that, but if you follow enough stand-up comics, which we do, we grew up on. We grew oh up on George Carlin. Our whole there's, dude, yeah, it gets to a point where you're just like I can't. Like each every, there's so many different styles, but uh, Jim Jeffries is very story-based comedy, and it uh, and some he will his bits are really good, and sometimes he will go off on just a not story bit, and it's great. I actually discovered him by accident. I was fucking on like just fucking around on like the movie channels, and I saw. Just the title, Jim Jeffries, and I thought that was about the turn of the century boxer, Jim Jeffries, who <laughs> famously once said, I'm going to come back and fight Jack Johnson because I need to win the heavyweight title back for the white race. Holy shit. Yeah, so he named himself after so him. So wanted to watch that? <laughs> yeah, I want to see like, racism build up. <laughs> well, yeah, because I figured at some point he's probably going to get his ass beat by Jack Johnson, <laughs> the first black heavyweight champion. Different story, though. Anyways... That's how I found out about him. I fell in love with him immediately. He's a great fucking comic. And you showed him to me because you were like, you have to see this comic. And you made me sit down. For weeks, I was like, you gotta see it. And I, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll check it out. But dude, after watching his first one, I was like, do you have any, do you have any other recordings? Y'all, actually, yeah, he just came out with a new one. Check this out. Dude, I, I sat up. Everyone else fell asleep, and I sat up for hours. It was like 3 in the morning when I went to bed because I watched everything you had on him. And after that, I was obsessed. I was Googling him. I went on I Pandora at the time. I'm just like... You can listen to comedy on Pandora. I was just constantly trying to get as much, uh, you know, comedy about from this guy. Much as material possible. as you can. Yeah. But uh, so we actually, thanks to Stevie and his pull, we got to see him a couple of years ago live. That was amazing. And then just recently, he pulled the same strings to get a couple of tickets for me and him. But he ended up having to go on vacation, which we're going to get to in a minute. Uh, ticket went to me. And so uh, me and my girlfriend Des went to go see Jim Jeffries. Yeah, even though he was supposed to invite Chris. And Chris was mad about it. Chris never said anything about it. You were busy getting laid. Because it's his girlfriend. Chris, like, you you whatever. Chris, she listen. doesn't even like comedy, bro. Chris. Like, I'm all in it. No, you have a kid now. You can't just go to comedy. <laughs> you can't just go to stand-ups, dude. Okay? You have family now. So we go there. And, okay, of course. But the, a, well, I got to say this. Um, So... My boss said, I said, hey, can, can you get my cousin tickets to um, the one-man show of Mike Tyson? And he goes, I'll try. I'll do everything I can to get it. Then he tells me, he's like, oh, I'm sorry, man. All the high rollers are going to be there. It's Mike fucking Tyson. Uh, but then I noticed Jim Jeffries on, on the board, and I said, I can't. I'll be on vacation. Can you get my cousin tickets? And he said, 
um, yeah, no problem. Just remind me before you leave. And I fucking forgot to remind him. And Adney sends me a text. Hey, Ivano called me. He got me those tickets. Is that a text you sent me or whatever? It's a text, yeah. And I was like, no fucking way. I was way. actually weirded out because so I was at work. So, I was at so work and I cool. guess I didn't see him come into my restaurant, but he came in and he told uh, my favorite co-worker ever, this little um, Guatemalan lady named Arelis. And, uh, like, she's just, like, ever since I started working there, she's been, like, a surrogate mother, like, a work mother kind of thing. And, uh, anyway, she goes, she's like, hey, Papa, I need to talk to you. And I was like, what? What's going on? And she goes, Ivano, he came here. He needs to talk to you. Okay? Okay, mijo, you need to go over there and you need to talk to him. And I was like, okay. And I thought it was hella serious. And so I go over there and I was like, hey, hey, what's up, man? You need to talk to me? He's like, okay, come here. What's your, what's your full name? And I was like, what the fuck? And I gave it to him. He's like, all right, so. All right, I got you that ticket for Jim Jeffries. Like, I was like, what? That's fucking happening? That's a thing? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I fucking got it. What, what's my deal? And I was like, yeah, that's, that's my deal. It's an awesome, it's an awesome thing. That is awesome. But dude, I, and like, dude, I got to talk, talk, talk about that fucking show, dude. The show was fucking phenomenal. Same he material starts, or no? Like, no, diff- it's, it's all, all new shit. Dude. Every, it's all new. every tour, tour is new. Yeah. Like every year he has new material. Yeah. And this, he starts out... I'm not, I can't, I'm not gonna try and repeat his jokes because I will butcher them yeah. and he's too fucking good. But he starts out talking about Bill Cosby. He that's his out. opening oh, bit. He says, so everyone, Bill Cosby. That's it. <laughs> that's Everyone's awesome. fucking laughing. But check this out. I, what I wanted to talk about, dude, uh, like, because I, I really do not want to give away anything he says. I'm not going to sit, we're not going to talk about this story that much. We're going to move on really quickly. But what I wanted to get on was the fact that like Stevie said, the High Rollers got all the uh, Undisputed show. High Rollers cover the front row at any stand-up show you go to. Every stand-up show. And that's the thing is they don't know the comedian. They never know the comic. They're all hella old. They don't follow free stand-up comedy. Free They're tickets. just like, oh, I'll, I'll go see it. And they cover the front row. And Jim Jeffries was like, all these fucking High Rollers, Mike. He's like, I fucking tell you every time not to do this. And like, <laughs> like... They don't give a fuck. Like, I, like, cause, um, he started, like, he ended up, like, he's talking shit about so many different things, starts talking a little bit of politics, and, like, when he starts talking politics, the whole, all the high rollers get mad, and they're just, like, hating it. Scalding. Everyone else is having a great fucking time. They love it, and they're cheering, and he points out, he's like, he's like, all the high rollers, they're all mad. Look at him. I'm not having any problems in the back. Am I having any problems in the back? And everyone cheers. <laughs> we love you, Jim. And all that stuff. And he's like, see? They paid for their tickets. The back people, right. they know what they're getting. You gotta go see Jim. He's he fucking out, awesome. And he points out, he's like, and he stares at this couple, and a, like one couple, and he just goes like, yeah, you, look at you. He's like, Does even, did you even look me up on Google? Like, you could have done it. It would have taken a few seconds. <laughs> <laughs> like right <laughs> yeah, if you knew what kind of comedian I was I would have took it and you wouldn't have come <laughs> I'm not a good comedian to see on a whim <laughs> like and that's the whole, that was his whole point and like he kept talking so much he's like and like a couple stood up and left oh, same last show wow. both times I saw Jim Jeffries that happened they got up and left so I went to front row and what <laughs> I, he took said, their, I took really? their seats yeah every time I took their fucking and seats and what he said Dude, was he's I all like bitch. <laughs> no, he's like, you see that they fuck, he's all they fucking left he's like when I was talking about Bill Cosby and rape he had a great time he was <laughs> he was loving it when he was talking about rape <laughs> as soon as I start talking about Donald Trump he got mad <laughs> he went and left didn't he <laughs> And like, so that, that was, was fucking. And I just hilarious. wanted to point out, like, I love the fact that he pointed out that the high rollers get this ridiculous treatment that they don't deserve. 
they don't know the comic, they don't give a fuck about the comic, and yet they got there, and he was like, yeah, I'm gonna make fun of you, I'm gonna talk shit about you, I don't give a fuck. Even if this casino doesn't want to try and if you don't want to book me again because I'm talking shit about your high rollers, yeah, I don't care. Then don't. Because I'm a great fucking comic and I'm gonna do what I want. Yeah, and they booked you three times. And like, because you've both seen Burr and Jeffries, would you be able to to fucking? We can't do that. Okay, let me mention Adney's birthday. Adney's birthday rolled up, right? What? They're on another level. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're on a different level. Of dude. comedy. Yeah. Like, Adney's birthday roll and it's Burr is one of Adney and my favorites as well. But Adney's I think like, he Adney is showed me top. Monday Morning Podcast, and Julio, a friend of mine, said, Hey, Burr's coming here on June 20th, I believe. I was like, That's Adney's fucking, that's, that's Adney's fucking birthday. And I told Ivano, I will do everything. Pulled his dick I'll out, do everything. Everything. <laughs> I was, um, I was like, dude, oh, so we have to. I want to go to something, I just got to hit you up and be no, like, No, you just got to convince Adney, dick, convince so Adney to suck. go with you, and I'll get the, t- <laughs> <laughs> I'll get the tickets. We'll see, if anybody, be, if anybody be, becomes friends, if you befriend Adney, so, then you get whatever yeah, you want, because that's my family. comic number three. <laughs> Will that get me in? Because I don't know about number one. <laughs> Will that get you in? <laughs> like, if you give me that comic? <laughs> trying to bargain with you to get, to get you shit to get me to give him tickets. Um... No, it's it's hella cool that right, I give me that, Detective Comics number twenty seven. <laughs> See, that, it's no, it's I pretty cool it. to to have to get to do shit like that. And people were like, so I had chefs that I worked for that worked for the Eldorado and left, and they always tell me, don't don't be stuck here, don't you know, don't you gotta leave, you gotta leave for your career. Hey man, I love my job. I'm in the perfect restaurant because my boss is amazing. My boss is so cool. Anything that I want, I just all I have to do is ask. He's gonna if he'll say no if he can't do it, or, but he'll try. He'll try no matter what. And anytime I have a problem, he's always like, I got a guy for that. Oh, I got a guy for that. Everybody's Italian accent. Don't worry, I got the guy for that. Like all all the time. I did the motherfucker. I, yeah, you piece of shit. He cussed me out, but he still does it. You know, like my house. I was struggling to find a place. He goes, Oh, I have a friend that just bought a house. Maybe I can I can help you out. And he's like, he brings him downstairs that day. He worked upstairs. And I was like, oh, man, my credit's pretty bad because of culinary school. And he goes, Ivano says you're good. You're good. And I was like, okay, he's all just seven fifty now. You give me 500 for deposit. You can move in tomorrow. I was like, are you serious? Wow. He goes, yeah, no background check, nothing. So I trust Ivano's word. And he's been my landlord ever since. Guy's super cool. Wow. So, I mean, I've really gotten hooked up through Ivano. And for him to do that to Adney, because he forgets shit sometimes, he went out of <laughs> his way and remembered to get Adney the ticket. That is fucking sweet, dude. Yeah. That is sweet. So, yeah. So, me and Chris had pretty good weeks. Yeah. Pretty good weeks, right? Well, apparently, this motherfucker's week was better than ours. Yeah, I want to no, hear about no, it. No, no, I just went on vacation. I don't know if I want to hear about it. <laughs> I mean, I didn't get laid or go to Jim Jeffries. <laughs> But, well, I mean, I did go to Cancun. But uh, it's not I that mean, you couldn't get laid. It's that you chose to not get laid. Yeah. I could fuck all the Mexican women that I want. Are you kidding me, dude? <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen those pictures. There's so many Chaparrito, Chaparrito, Chaparrito. Are you kidding me? Fucking, it's like 600 pesos for a fucking prostitute. Top notch. It's like 40 bucks. So I get there. I'm supposed to have, um, I paid to get driven from the airport to my hotel. But I couldn't. I couldn't speak the language. It was, you know, I'm well. It's like, ¿Qué pasó? ¿Qué pasó? Uh, you're making up words, hoteliano. Like, <laughs> you know, you just don't really know what to say. Uh, so the guy's like, you know, he, he's like, where are you going? And I was like, uh, I was trying to make it sound cool like I could speak. I was like, Rio Caribe. Like, fuck it, because that's the hotel. He already name. knows you. Do and, and he was like, he's like, listen, he's like, listen. He's like, listen, I'm American. I moved here a couple of years ago. You could speak to me like a normal person. <laughs> no, um, but the Mexican guy's like, I don't normal see person, your name. Huh? What? So, in order to be a normal person, 
You got it. I was like, oh, my name's I, dude. What's funny is I got there. I, my phone isn't in service, so I can't bring up my information to show him what bus I or what little fucking uh, taxi car that I get or I'm supposed to get because I paid for it. It's like twenty something bucks. Um, so I'm like, Fuck. oh, so you everything's all like you don't have to pay shit. No, I didn't have to pay shit to get there or or back. But my name was on something, but there was a bunch of different companies in front waiting for fucking little wettos to come out there and get rides to their hotels. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I couldn't figure it out. And he, the guy was like, let me, let me go to, what's your name? And he like leaves for like 15 minutes. And I'm just standing there and it's hella weird, dude. And I finally just turned to the guy. I was like, how much for, how much for a bus there? And he's like, 17 bucks. I was like, done. Handed him 17. I just, I was like, all right, I just want to get to the hotel. Everyone's partying. It's already eight o'clock at night. I'm like, okay, they're getting wasted right now. They've been there for a couple of days. So Guy drives me there, and uh, he was like, "You're gonna ride shotgun, little buddy," because there's a bunch of people in the back. And wait, it, on the bus? No, it was a, it was like a. a was so like did a, you or did you not give the dude the money for the bus? No, I gave him seventeen dollars to get out of there. I just that's what oh I said. to I get him, cause out the other of guy there. went off oh. to look for my name, but he was taking long talking to some people. I'm like, fuck this! I'm not gonna sit here and chill. I gotta meet up with my friends. So I just told the guy, "Can I get on?" He's like, "Yeah." He lines me up with this. Whole, these old people, man, from America. The sweetest old lady. She's talking to me. Her husband just turned 90, and his pants are all pulled up. He's in his fucking button-up and stuff. She's talking to me normally. Where are you from? Were you on our plane? And super nice. And he's over there like, what? <laughs> what? You know, this old guy. But, dude, they were the sweetest old couple ever. She's like, yeah, we're going to go to Hawaii to celebrate his 90th birthday. And I'm like, I, I think I love you guys. <laughs> do you want to be my grandparents? <laughs> but so we got put on a different shuttle. I got put onto a shuttle with a bunch of youngsters. The guy put me in shotgun. He's like, where are you going? And he had a roster on him, everyone's name. Uh-huh. And uh, it's so, so people don't get kidnapped, I guess, because you have to sign your name in there and everything. So it's oh, like, if you have to listen, sign, I, I that means out. they're not yeah. liable. Yeah. 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 Well, it's like I yeah. no, you have to sign your name and sign like that they dropped you off. No, it's they're like, not liable. As soon as you put your signature on that, oh okay, they're not liable. That, that, exactly. So yeah. it's like no, I didn't kidnap him. He got dropped off at his hotel. He got kidnapped from his hotel because it is Mexico. I mean, still Mexico. Um, little you know El Chapo. I don't want to fucking sold into the underground world. It's sex trafficking. I was like, dude, if I get uh, if I get adult napped, you guys do adult. realize that it's gonna be like hangover meets taken. Like someone's <laughs> gonna someone's gonna have to be Liam Neeson. Like, hey man, we're gonna come find you, dude. Don't even worry about it. I will look for you, man. We're gonna come <laughs> fi- like just take that whole movie, rewrite it with a bunch of fucking idiot drunk guys. <laughs> That's us. Oh, uh, dude. So um, I'm driving in the cab, and he, I told him where I'm going. He's like, ah, man, your last your hotel's last. I gotta drop everyone off. It's gonna be a while. And I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. But we're bullshitting the whole way. And um, I know it, uh, I mean, 1% of Spanish, but working in the kitchen, I can somewhat get by. I can tell someone how y'all's going, ask for towels. I can just kind of communicate while adding English. Ask and, for uh, towels. No, mi puele de duayas, por favor. Yeah, I work at a fucking I, I was a right. chef. I need towels. <laughs> but um, so I can kind of communicate. So I'm talking to him, and he goes, oh, you know a little bit of Spanish? And I was like, ah, poquito, malas palabras. And he starts hella laughing because it means only the cuss words. <laughs> so he's hella laughing, and he's like, he's like, yeah, you know, uh, he start we start talking bullshitting back and forth I'm and like, is he have a little bit of broken English or is he straight he, a little talking bit, it's broken Spanish. English it's broken English no I can't understand full Spanish but I mean he's he's like hey, you know a little bit of Spanish I was like oh a lot of my friends at work um, are Hispanic they're all you know their parents are from Mexico they were born in America I actually even spent Christmas with my Mexican family basically Eddie and Ricky two twins really good friends of mine so 
um, you know, he's like, oh, no way. You like, you like hang out with Mexicans? Like, he automatically assumed I was a white kid who hung out with white kids. I was like, dude, I have way more Mexican friends in Reno than I do white friends. <laughs> I'm like, these, I was like, you should have seen my birthday one year. We all went bowling. There was like two white kids there. <laughs> Everyone else in Mexicanos. I'm like, they are, a lot of the kids at my work are super hardworking. They, they hang out, they drink, they're, they all have jobs, you know, careers. So, and we're just bullshitting back and forth. And then I'm like, I bring up the podcast. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm like, we have a, I have a podcast back home in the States. Uh, my friend, he loves escorts down there. What is the comparison? He goes, what is it like 250 in America, $250? I'm like, yeah, he goes, fuck that. He's all 40 bucks, top notch here. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, I can't tell my friend Chris that because you will be picking up here next week from the airport and he's going to have his bags packed, everything. He's going to be moving here. I'm calm. I'm calm. I was like, what? Got any uh, production companies based here? Or what? Well, he told me the, he told I'll me I'll take the, a dock on pay for $40 Dude. Escort. He all day. he told me, and he's That's like, where your these are, go to anyways. dude. He said these are the top notch ones. These are oh. the ones that you were like, they were uh, uh, they were attainable. Oh, they were in my Mac, and all I need Christy Mac status. That bitch charges like thirty five hundred dollars, and she isn't even gonna sleep with you. See, there you go. So this place yeah, forty bucks. Time. At first, he told me pesos, and I was like, oh no. He told me pesos, oh. and it's like it's eighteen to one. Oh. So I was like, I was like, oh, how much is that? I didn't know it was eighteen to one at first until I got to the hotel. But I was like, how much was it? How much is that? Yeah, I was, oh, it's like, what? It's wow. like 40 bucks American. I was like, holy shit. Also, that's amazing. And uh, so, super cool. He was, and then he drove me, and we're just, dude, we're bullshitting back and forth the whole time. And he stops, he goes, this is your spot. And I turn around, everyone's still in the back. And I'm like, what? He goes, I skipped everybody. When he gets out of the car, <laughs> he's like, man, you, he's all, you're bullshitting with me. You're cool. Speaking a little Spanish. Everyone like that is like someone from China, can, uh, Canada. No one's talking to him. I'm sitting here speaking a little bit of Spanish, talking to him, everything. He skips everyone's hotel, drops me off. So I threw him eight bucks. I was like, dude, this is for the cab ride. Thank you very much. It was free for me. Oh, you know, he's already paid for it. So I him, he's like, you serious? I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, man. Fuck yeah, tip to eight pesos. It's less than a dollar. No, I did the conversion oh, yeah. for US dollars to pesos oh, okay. for the escort. How much pesos did you say? I, like, all I, saw was his, I looked over, I see his calculator out, and, it's and I was like, I grab his phone, I was like, look at him, I give him that look of, what the fuck is this? And he goes, I was doing conversions, I'm, I'm planning my trip. To as soon as... So Chris was kind of listening when I said $40, but then when I said it's 18 pesos to one, he just stopped listening, tuned me out, did the math, and then looked at Adney, slid him his phone, he goes, that's in pesos. <laughs> I'm just going to say, if I did the math right, that was $720 pesos, or 720 pesos. pesos. Yeah. That can't be right. I must be doing the math wrong. 18 times the 40. The conversion's wrong. 18 I'm not times doing 40. the right. Did I you, did 18 times 40. Then you're golden. 720 pesos? Yeah, $40 American. So what's a regular paycheck if you live in Mexico? No, 1,000 no, pesos? Not, like, what the no, fuck? No, no, listen, it's not. This is the funny thing. Waylon said this. He was like, he's like, shit, I, it's, if it's, you know, one American dollar, that's 18 pesos. It's like, it's like, it's no, not. it's not $18 in Mexico. Like, pulling out money out of the ATM in Cancun was 81 pesos. Like, that was pulling it out at first. And it has a dollar sign next to it. So I was like, 81 bucks, pulling out. What? And then I look at my account and said 17,000 pesos. I was like, I'm in the money. I'm in the money. But it's like, those are pesos, little buddy. I was like, dude, the casino hooked it up on my vacation. But, yeah, it was pesos. So, um, yeah, so fucking, yeah, pretty crazy though, right? So pesos, it's not everything right, it's there not, yeah. it's not a straight conversion no no yeah. but i think in mexico you go to mexico city and and like 
in not in the touristy areas and you can get things for cheap uh, there's it's better better bang for your buck there in comparison to to well you, you know, also have to know how to haggle and like be like i don't dude, know personable you can, in those types as a of tourist spots. you can haggle the fuck out of it they try to fuck tourists a lot because man our the Tour guide was kind of a young kid. He spoke, well, I'm he not dumb. English. You ain't fucking me. This kid was trying to fuck everybody. Everybody in our group. There was 60 people that made it. There was like five of us white kids, and well, the rest was his his wife's Mexican family. They were hella cool, dude. I was like, man, they're gonna think all your white friends are gay because it's like all old friends who are all like hugging each other. Nice dick line, bro. Nice, <laughs> nice dick line. Oh yeah, no way. Go into the story about the dick line. So, so uh, no, so I the guy drops me off. I give him money. Fuck, you know, pull out, uh, pulls out my stuff. Fucking give him a high five. He goes, hey, man, you want to get around? Hit, uh, you know, Just call this place, and my name is this. I what was, like, was his name? Did yeah, you remember the guy's name? fucking name? Are you kidding me? So you had a great conversation have, with this guy, all that, probably gonna have, even If we have listeners in Cancun, that, he's going to get kidnapped by El Chavo for talking to a white kid the way that he did. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, but <laughs> I make it into the hotel. Make it in the hotel, and I can't find anybody. It's a pretty – like, it's a large hotel, but all the main exciting areas are all in, like – Captivity, so it's all in like one area. So I don't necessarily have to go looking around for a bunch of people. I found this out later, but at first I'm like, "Fuck, how big is this hotel? Like, where is everybody? There's nobody in the lobby. It's all people I don't know in the lobby. It's also can uh, Canadian spring break, so I see a bunch of white people, but they're speaking. Wow, you go to Mexico and see a bunch of white people? Well, it's the tourist areas. You get that any touristy area, but there was a lot of Mexicans, but they all worked there. You know, I even said, I, I posted, I was like, dude, in Mexico, all the fucking maids are American women. It's very weird. <laughs> but somebody's like, no way, that's super crazy. I'm like, it was a joke. <laughs> it was a joke. Of course they're Mexican. Like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? They work in their own country. Fucking jackass. But, um, so I'm looking for everybody. I'm in my fucking suit. It's hot as fuck. I wore my, I brought all my suits. And I, every night that we went out and do something, I was in a different suit every single time. I flipped my suspenders or I wore my, my fucking uh, How many vest. jackets do you have? I only have one I don't, jacket. I, don't have, I didn't bring any sports coat, uh, no. sport coats. I have two, but I don't fuck around. So Adney's it was the more just like good. pants Adney's and the only one that looks good in sport coats. I mean, you look money in yours, but dude, he has the fucking well, chest only hairs out. One, Ooh, mm-hmm. dude, looking good in that red fucking sport coat. I got the shoulders coat. to pull off the jacket. Yeah, That's I can't true. do it. I got these That's weak true. ass shoulders, dude. Weak ass shoulders. <laughs> you don't mind me doing a quick, quick stroke of myself. But it was a good. But one. I was was looking hella good in my suits. I don't give a fuck because everyone was like when they first met me was like, dude, what you styling right now? And I'm like, dude, I love. I just I was like, fuck this. I'm in Mexico. I'm in, on vacation. I'm not gonna wear fucking swim shorts and a fucking Hawaiian t-shirt. Fuck that. Some I'm gonna look good. Fucking flip flops at the club. Yeah, I'm walking around like eating at nice places, dude. This place is fucking nice. It was expensive as fuck. You got to play the part. Uh, so I'm looking around for them and I. Go to a couple places, and then I end up going to the open steakhouse. The steakhouse, open walls. It's just a roof, floor, and it's in front of the pool, and you can see the ocean right wow. there. That's so fucking nice. Extremely beautiful. And I walk up, and I'm looking, and I see this huge table of people. <laughs> Sorry, it wasn't like a... Stevie just hawked a loogie. Yes, I did. Um, so much cocaine there. Sorry, I'm still stuck, <laughs> in, stuck in my nostrils. Uh <clears throat> So I see this group of people, and then eventually Nikki's little sister Angie, I think it was her because it was a little far away, she like pointed me over like this. So I walk over the bridge, and Alex's mom, uh, Alex and Nikki, my friends, they just got married in Cancun. That was the reason I went on the vacation. Congratulations, you guys. It's fucking dude. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but I, I go across the bridge, and the first people that stand up are my friend Alex's mom and dad, who I haven't seen in like 10 years. Like maybe 10 years, I think, maybe a little bit longer. 
Uh, but I've known this kid, um, Alex, my friend, for 16 years. He's one of one of my oldest friends. And I, I was a part of the wedding. He asked me to be groomsman, which is just amazing. I was like, dude, you sure you want me in the wedding? <laughs> like, you know how I get when I drink. But um, he's like, yeah, man, come to Cancun. So sweet, dude. Went to Cancun. Well, wait, were you the best man or were no, you just No, his brother the, exactly. was the best man. Yeah. Yeah, his brother was That's the best It's different. Man. Yeah. Uh, but so they stood up. They gave me a fucking big hug. His dad, his dad like looks over to my friend Sean before he hugs me, and he makes the hand motion of uh, giving me a wedgie because I'm small. <laughs> like, he gives the hand motion of giving me a wedgie. I hug Alex's mom. She's like, short shit, because she's always, that's my nickname from her, short shit. I don't even think she knows my real name. She's just, short <laughs> 16 shit. 16 years. Short shit. <laughs> um, and then his dad fucking hugs me, picks me up. His dad, it's funny because nobody else has ever met Alex's dad. Alex is very clean cut. He can't even grow a mustache. Kid's fucking, you know, just baby face kind of thing. Very handsome. He's my most handsome friend. He's pretty. Uh, sorry, you guys. Um, but yeah, he's my most <laughs> handsome friend, and uh, his dad, his dad looks like Charles Manson. <laughs> like he's oh, fucking no. both arms are completely sleeved out, fucking huge beard. Alex even told me, I was like, dude, your dad's beard's crazy, and he was like, yeah, I had to have him trim it for the wedding. <laughs> I was like, he was even crazier, dude. That guy must be getting hella pussy in Texas because that's a massive beard. Uh, but wait, his parents. No, he's married, but it was a joke. Um, so Sometimes he stood up, you even get me, dude. Confused. <laughs> uh, he stood up, gave me a hug, man. It was super excited. But Alex, first thing he, he gives me a hug, he's like, thank you for coming here. Everyone's like, yeah, Stevie, you know, Stevie, excited to see me. And then Alex like, you're going to have to leave. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he goes, this place is reservation only. And uh, Nikki's family is sitting down. He goes, but Matt and Holly, two amazing fucking people. Matt Adney's met up too. They're my favorite people. I was hanging out with them mostly. They're a couple, three years. They just celebrated their three years anniversary on uh, Sunday when we were in Cancun. I'm like, dude, how crazy you guys came to Cancun for your anniversary and then Alex gets married here. As a joke, because they weren't fucking, you know. I was like, you guys came here to celebrate. And Alex is taking up your fucking, your spark. Huh? <laughs> Trying to take up your fucking anniversary with his wedding. So... I went and found Matt. First thing Matt says to me, he's like, he's, I'm like, he's like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, oh, they kicked me out. And he goes, yeah, we gave up our spot because they, they were supposed to sit down. They had a reservation with them. But since Nikki's family all showed up, Matt was like, fuck no, I'm not sitting down and eating. This is family. I'm a friend. Wow. And Alex was like, no, come on, sit down, dude. We'll, we'll make. And he was like, no, nah, fuck that. Your family's here. I can eat with you anytime back in Sacramento. You know what I mean? This is your night. This is your and Nikki's night. It's her family. Uh, dude, I'm I'm gonna go. I'll go eat here at the buffet, man. We'll see each other afterwards. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, he told me that. But uh, I, he told me that after. The first thing he says to me is, "Dude, I got cocaine in Mexico." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, pulled up my chair. I was like, "What? You still go?" <laughs> dude, I was like, "Are you serious?" And he goes, "Dude, this guy walks up to me, goes Mota," and I was like, "Oh, how much?" <laughs> Um, oh, dude, I'm wondering. So one thing, you know, I don't think they listen. So that's fun. the story I want to hear. Well, is how he got drugs in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, well, anybody can get drugs in Mexico, <laughs> but were they good drugs? So and he was like, I oh, mean, that sucks. I I didn't put their first. Or I didn't put their last name. Yeah, as long as you're funny. polite to the policia, they will hook you up. <laughs> yeah, I was actually from a fucking uh, federale that gave him drugs. He's like, yeah, hey, I just confiscated this off El Chapo's crew. <laughs> You guys want to? They're all selling it on the beach and shit in their cop gear, yeah. <laughs> short shorts. Uh, Mexico sounds like my spot, dude. dude. <laughs> you said El Chapo. This just like in. Chris is moving to times. Mexico. I think we're gonna get hit. <laughs> well, besides, yeah, El like, Chapo listens to the podcast. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go to the touristy areas. Like, I'm not fucking around with real Mexico, <laughs> dude. It's. I'll tell you why it's scary. I'll explain my story afterwards. So. He was like, some guy came up to him, Mota, Mota, and he goes, oh, yeah, how much? Because he was like, fuck it, we're in Mexico. We're at a wedding. Let's celebrate. Let's have a good time. Come on, you got to fuck around. 
when you're on bachelor parties and when you're in Mexico or <laughs> or just on a wedding vacation in general. Yeah. You know, come on. If you Anytime you're not at work. If you don't. Yeah, if you're dude, a wedding guest If you in don't Mexico, do drugs right before Cancun. you walk the ceremony at the wedding, you're not at a wedding. That's just how <laughs> it goes. If you're the groomsman and you're not on acid, I'm sorry, but that doesn't count. That's not an official wedding. I would be on acid. Yeah, there you go. I'd be I mean, to get married, mushrooms. you kind of have to be, be on acid. I'd be fucked up. But, um, you're negating your duties. But he was like, he was like, yeah, they asked me for Mota, Mota. And I was like, how, how much money? And he said he had like this much. And he goes, what the fuck? I'm, I'm going back in a week. I can't. That's a lot of drugs. I can't take all that back with weed. And so, so he, he like, said, I don't want that much. He told him like this much money for this much. He's like, I got this much. I'm going to, you know, sell this much. Okay. So I don't Alex, want that much. Or not Alex. I'm, I apologize. Uh, Matt. Jay. Matt. Matt. Was like, I got 40 bucks. And the no, dude was no. like, here's all my fucking... No, no. So the guy, he said, how much for, you know, Jesus said, how much for his name, named an amount. But the guy told him a larger amount for this much money. He goes, I got this much. I'm going to sell it to you. Oh. Kind of like trying to pitch him a big amount. And Matt's okay. like, I'm going to get a dime bag. Well, I have a pound. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt was Small like... Small surcharge. <laughs> size up. You want to supersize your dime bag for another 10 seconds? I got a drum of weed. A drum? <laughs> really? A drum? I have a pallet of cocaine if you want it. So he was like, what the fuck, dude? I can't take all that. I'm going to go on a plane. And he goes, chale, chale. And that means cocaine. In, in it just That's their Charlie. language. Charlie, yeah. I'm like, are you trying to sell me a Vietnamese kid? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Charlie's in the trees. <laughs> I was like, dude, I've seen movies from the 70s. Okay, I know what goes on in Vietnam. <laughs> So, but he's like, Charlie, and he goes, oh, yeah. And he looked, he's like, fuck it, why not, how much? And he told him the price, and he's like, dude, that's a deal. So he bought it, and, I mean, Cuba's like, so are we so much over like, the ocean, it's like 60 miles. I, I need to I know. I don't know the exact miles, but it's, a lot it's, than it's well, it's close to Cancun. It's like, you can get, the, Cancun, it's. Well, yeah, it's 90 miles from Florida, but it's further away. From yeah, because Cancun is like, it's three, it's towards Florida area, because it's like the peak, go, it's going to the left, because it's three hours ahead of us. So yeah, we're definitely on the east coast. So it's right there. How much coke did he get? Well, I'm not gonna tell you how much coke he got. No, I want to know the amount of coke he got for the price. It wasn't that much. I'll tell you. I'll find think, out. Okay, I want to know. I didn't ask him. Forty bucks. I didn't ask him price, and I didn't ask him how much he got. Because if it's forty bucks for an April, no, I'm pretty sure he got thirty dollars for a gram. It was like something like that, I think, which is still a good deal. Thirty dollars a gram. That's almost fucking U.S. prices. No, it's sixty dollars for a gram here. Don't ask me how I know that. That's like premium stuff. You can get it for forty. But um, I was like, dude, Mexico is crazy. I think a listener, she's learned a little something about everybody here. We don't not condone drugs. I mean, but if you want to do them, that's fine. That's your choice. You I've can do whatever you want. The entire time. I'm not saying it's okay to do drugs. All I'm saying is I can see the no, thought process. That's not true. You can't use that reference right now because I do. There's a big difference you between Bill Cosby. To do some drugs. There's a big so no. difference. No, I'm gonna use that any chance I get. So Adney, there's a big difference of Bill Cosby giving you drugs and you getting drugs in Mexico. So that reference is still funny, yes, but it's like, oh man, he's giving out free drugs. If anything, Bill Cosby is a great man. He's giving out free drugs. Free? You drugs. kidding me? What a nice rich man. Just what a nice. Rich, what he did afterwards wasn't and then very leave. polite, but like, come on, all you would have to do for free? is take his drugs. And then leave, and then you're pretty good. sure he put drugs into his Jello shots, like Jello yeah. pudding all around, and everyone's like, "Sweet, but he doesn't." Boop, why isn't Bill Cosby boop, taking it? Boop, oh, he has an ulcer. He doesn't fuck around with Jello <laughs> shots. <laughs> but um, so, oh, we're like, "Sweet man, let's fucking party." First night, uh, we just fuck, dude. We get crazy. It's free alcohol. We paid all it's inclusive, free, booze? free food, like unlimited, and free what? alcohol all day, 
every day you're there. Now, 24 24 7. <laughs> Chris is moving next week. Chris, where are you going? Are you packing your bags right now? Chris, Chris. Chris is already packing up, ready to go. 40 bucks for prostitutes. All you can drink. But the cash. problem is, is you need American dollars. I couldn't actually move. It's an American there. owned company, I believe. The hotels, like Ryu Creek. I think they're all. Advanced yeah. Like um, it was, yeah, it cost me for. You can't live there, Chris. Like, it's not a thing. But it could be a thing. We go there every, like, two months. Yeah, we can fuck around. <laughs> we can go there. We can go on vacation. Why don't us three, as a podcast vacation, sometimes we need. I would make for a pretty good podcast. Dude, the podcast in Cancun. Listeners, we're We're coming to you live from Cancun. (laughs) We're starting a Kickstarter. A Kickstarter program. <laughs> do you want the Cancun podcast? Do you want the podcast? Do you want the podcast? The Cancast. The yeah, Cooncast. <laughs> that's the, something the completely Mexicast. different. That was racist. I, C-U-N, not C-O-O-N. Okay, that's racist. Anyway, let's get but, to the So I'm we're partying. Oh that man, damn. Alright, whatever. Uh, so we're parting our asses off. We're like first night, we're like, let's go fucking nuts. We're here at a wedding. So we start getting fucking wasted. Uh, wake up in the morning. I, I mean, I, we, yeah, I got fucking hella drunk. It was just friends, just all friends hanging out, hugging. Congratulations, congratulations. Very happy. Let me say that we do not condone marriage. We've already talked about this on the podcast. But I truly believe that my friend Alex, as well as his brother Dustin, who just got engaged, they, they will make it. I just like our friend Kenny and his wife Tiffany. There are certain people you will meet that like, man. This is going to be Yeah, a basically one-on-one. marriage is stupid and it doesn't work out except if you're our friend. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody else. If you don't know us, I'm sorry, but your marriage is going to fail. Fucked. Yeah. You, you've been together 30 years, it's going to fail. Just give it another year. But um yeah, my I just I just have this inkling that they are going to make it. Just like my friend Kenny and Tiffany, they made it. They're going to still make it. So, um everyone's doing their congratulations. I fall asleep, wake up in the morning and it's all inclusive booze in the room. So when you when you're in the room, there's four bottles of alcohol hanging upside down. It's alcohol dispenser. So it's an alcohol dispenser in your room. So I woke up in the morning. I'm fucking not that hungover. I was like, holy shit, is it? I know I'm in Reno. You know, we live in Reno. We're higher elevation. I was like, maybe it's the, you know, the fact that we have, you know, shitty, it's not shitty oxygen here, but just less oxygen here. It's a lot drier. Go down to Cancun. It's hot. It's fucking humid. Sea level. Yeah, sea level. And I we get fucking we're drinking tequila like crazy and i wake up in the morning i'm like i'm fine what the fuck come to find out they all think that they watered on the alcohol because it's all inclusive so they're like oh maybe they water it down that's why we were because we i mean but, I took, you, but you still got wasted right i got wasted but it was like 15 so shots fuck it. Yeah, still got wasted so it doesn't matter you just take more um but chris just farted on the podcast that was real. uh we're gonna take that out on post right um, <sighs> but i woke up and i'm like dude there is fucking there are alcohol dispensers, so I pour myself a fucking huge shot of tequila already in the morning. Put on Mexican fucking mu- the mariachi music. Boom, boom, boom. No, boom, no, boom, no, no, no. I'm talking like. What the fuck was that? That's how they all start. Boom, 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 boom. boom. <laughs> and then you get the guitar going. <laughs> I can't. I don't. That guitar. I like how you said guitar, and then you did fucking cymbals from drums. You know, you get the guitar going. Yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. That's fucking funny. I'll teach you instruments after the podcast. Don't even. Okay, cool. But uh. I made that. I made a video. I because I was. I've been sick. I'm still a little sick. That's why last episode I'm very raspy voice. But I record me on Instagram, and it's like you know you can do clips. 
I was like, first night in Cancun and I'm sick. And the next clip is me like looking at the four bottles on the wall and I said, sick awake him in the States without tequila. <laughs> and the next clip is me pouring alcohol and playing like fucking cucaracha, la cucaracha. And I'm like, ay, 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 ay. Just dude, fucking, it was great. And I went out in the fucking, pa- I went out uh, fucking, on, it got myself an espresso. I, I poured that alcohol, the huge glass tequila, but I just left it there. I did it for the sake of comedy, for the joke, and then I just left. I'm like, I'm not drinking this. I'm fucking hungover. <laughs> a little hungover. Whatever. You're a piece of shit. Listen, Don't I paid I paid to waste alcohol there. I paid for that. There are sober kids in Africa. Right <laughs> there are sober kids in Africa. Dude, that is the, man. There's I'm, water in alcohol. That's genius. That should be the name. That should be the name of the podcast. There are sober kids in Africa right now. <laughs> Um, so I went out, I got myself an espresso. I, I was, it was fucking early, dude. Like, I, I was surprised I woke up that early. Everyone else is still in bed. So I pulled my, I went out, looked in the lobby where everyone usually meets up. No one was there. So I went in my room, pulled out my book and fucking drank, just sat there watching the beach, drinking my book, drink, uh, or, <laughs> sorry, reading, reading my book, drinking, drinking, my book. drinking an espresso. Drink and it was the book. most, dude, it was the most beautiful thing ever. Just sitting there, reading, fucking drinking espresso, dude, kicking it. And then, like, an hour later, people started coming out. Uh, and then, fucking, oh, I put, put my shit away. Fucking. So it was it was literally perfect for you. Dude, it you was amazing. You got to go down to Cancun and read it on the beach. Yeah, dude. Drink. I That's wanted cool. to bring my guitar, but it's $50 to bring your guitar on the uh, oh. on the plane. Oh, let me mention that my friend works for American Airlines, and I did get first class to Cancun for $450 round, <laughs> round trip. So I got I fucking, don't think you should be mentioning that. I, I, got, I got hooked <laughs> up. And not only that, but I was like, man, I couldn't bring my guitar. I wanted to have my guitar on the beach with a beer. That would have been the fucking, dude, the one. That is heaven. More than reading a fucking book. Yeah, music on the listeners, beat. just so you know, we told him many, many times not to bring his guitar there because like, it's okay. going to get destroyed. Yeah. Don't fucking yeah. do it. I mean, yeah, you it would have been a awesome. Spanish guitar there for like Whatever, $3. Dude, you... <laughs> no. Then why didn't you? No, no, that was, the... I, you can't really. I, I didn't see anybody with a guitar. Yeah. Everyone's selling sunglasses, Ray-Bans and shit. I bet you could have bought a guitar that you for like uh, yeah. but and the, if that thing gets destroyed, then we have no theme song for our podcast. Oh yeah, I got that. <laughs> I got that recording though. Just have to use recording. Uh, but uh, yeah, but oh, it's not as fun because that the recording not. can't mess up yeah, during the song. Like yeah, yeah we got to go live with it. We do it live. We got to do it live. I love it. Live. But so uh, let me let me jump back for a minute. I did. A, I had a layover in Phoenix, and there was a guy that worked for American Airlines, all dressed up, playing a nylon guitar right where I was waiting to get on my next plane. And I was like, hey, can I sit next to you and listen? He was like, yeah, of course. He's reading music, you know, it's playing beautifully. I'm like, man, that was amazing. I didn't get to bring my guitar on board as $50. And he goes, dude, I gotta go to the bathroom, please play. And I was like, you serious? He goes, yeah. So I start playing the Spanish songs that I know, because it's like dude, flamenco style. So I start playing awesome. classical gas. Is, he walks back up. Gangster, he walks dude. it back up behind me. I don't even know he's there. And I'm fucking like playing classical gas, which is like a Spanish style song. And I finished playing and he goes, That was amazing. I turn around and he goes, dude, that was beautiful. How long have you been playing? And he's like, you don't use a pick? I was like, no, I don't. I put a pick down a couple of years back. He's like, please keep playing. And he sat down and he listened to me play for a while. And then I handed it back to him. I was like, thanks. I got to get on. Got to get on this flight. So I handed it back and he was like, hey, very nice meeting, man. He's like, I highly suggest, because he asked me, what, how do I read music? I said, tablature. And he goes, man, you need to read music notes. He's like, you can't really appreciate music unless you know 
you have to kind of look back to it's Bach and Beethoven. You have to know what these guys were thinking when they created this. They yeah, used man. music. I mean, you, you gotta listen to vinyl, man. But, yeah, I heard but I was so like, that's, that's really cool. He's like, how the can you The vinyl know? thing's funny. He's the like, vinyl thing you... is because of the quality. But the, the Bach notes. and uh, Beethoven. Beethoven thing, I have heard that from multiple people. And well, he was just, just saying, something like, that music, you piano. Get. You know what I mean? It's, There's like, it's like a... <clears throat> I've I've had it described to me as like euphoric almost when you see and you can understand all of these yeah. notes. Hearing and something what it's and like, understanding it is two think, different things. I think that's the same thing with any kind of uh, entertainment. No, it's not just music. Anything. There you go. Cause look at you boxing know, with you. you. Yeah, if you know the in and outs, if you know the the groundwork that has to be built in order to do a thing, whether it be movies, whether it be music, whether it be sports, no matter what it is, you always. Appreciate, appreciate it more and you yep. can and you fall into it yeah Great so point. i thought that he was he t uh he said his side job basically he teaches classical music and he also went to uh he went to a music pre or went to college for like not music appreciation when it was like sort of like he I went there music production no it was know. it was for classical music it was like basically almost like understanding classical music so that's just beside the point it was cool to have that happen so Getting fucked up in, in Cancun. The first day, I'm there is Wednesday. So I get fucked up Thursday morning. Everyone's like, okay, don't get too fucked up because the wedding is Friday. You're in it. You don't want to be, you know, you don't want to be that fucked up person at the wedding. Then my friend Waylon and Robbie show up Thursday and everyone went to bed. I was supposed to be in bed. Or I passed out. So we get fucked up during the day. I passed out at like five. And uh, the dinner, the, uh, the literally bridal dinner that we had to do like the day before, it's kind of like, you know, everyone's saying there's a couple different speech. Oh, yeah, rehearsal. There you go. Whatever. So rehearsal, everyone's doing a little bit of speeches, things like that. It's supposed to be at 8. I wake up at 8.30, and I'm like wasted. I'm like, oh, God, I get on my suit. <laughs> Hella fast, dude. Fuck. Come down there. You could see my eyes are all bloodshot. I'm like, sorry, I'm late. And everyone's like, no, you're gold. We haven't even got dinner yet. Oh, and go. I was like, sweet. I was like, I'm so sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, they were like, dude, shirts inside. We called your room. <laughs> we called your room. You weren't answering. And I was like, man, I feel like. I figured you got kidnapped. We're like, ah, it'll sort itself out. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get I this felt, going. Dude, I felt like a fucking asshole. So I was like, I'm so dude, sorry, Nikki. It's but, only 30 minutes. Yeah. Like, if it was dude, they hour? don't give a shit. Like, you're you're making the mistake of thinking the wedding's about you, dude. You're being narcissistic, Stevie. I want you to know Whoa. right now. It's not about you. <laughs> no one gives a fuck if you're there. Good point. No one gives a fuck. Hey, he's probably sleeping. Whatever. We'll see him tomorrow. That was hell of a man-sticking <laughs> room, dude. So bad. Uh, no, dude, yeah, it's, it's not about you. Yeah, it's <laughs> so we so eat. And, uh, dude, so the buff let me just say I had a little bit of food at the buffet the night before. The night, and I was like, ah, oh, this is okay. It's not really that great. The next morning. And I will eat shit food. It's no problem. I've cooked shit food for myself. I still do corn dogs. And the next morning I had breakfast. It was I'm like, ah, this food is not that fucking money, dude. It's it's kind of shitty. And then we go. I'm like, fuck it. The Mexican restaurant here has to be the one in the building because we're in Mexico and it's a Mexican restaurant. And this is where we have the re rehearsal dinner. So everyone orders, of course, uh, fajitas, chicken, fucking ball. But the only I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna order something different every time. I'm gonna try try new things. I'm in Mexico, so I'm like, fuck it. Let me get the uh, the but Poblano, it was like it was almost like a chili riano. That's what I I asked him. Is it almost like a chili riano? Yes. And those oh, are my favorite. Yeah. And I, it's like you know they take the fucking egg and they whip it. They Talking whip it over. Us. So I I'm like, oh sweet, is this sort of like a chili riano? She goes, yeah yeah. So I'm like, all right, order it. Everyone gets their chicken fajitas, steak fajitas. Everyone's loving it. Oh this is great, it's fantastic. I fucking get my pepper and it's a giant pepper. 
it's not even roasted and peeled. Like when they usually bring it to you, Chiliano, it's super Just a fresh soft. Ass Dude, seriously, it's super soft. You're gonna soft. need to explain to people what a, okay. the entree is. So the entree is literally, it's almost like they took a, it almost like they took a bell pepper, a green bell pepper, stuffed it with cheese, and then put it back together and deep fried it with breading. But the pepper was fucking hard. Like it was not a roasted pepper at all. It was, it was fucking like. It was super hard to cut. The cheese was okay. The fucking outside was crusty. But it was like, it, I was fucking biting into the fucking pepper. Chili so Riano. Like, yeah, Chili uh, Riano. It like was, gave me feedback. It was, it was so not even So it's not supposed to be like that. How yeah. is it supposed to be? So Chili Rianos are supposed to be stuffed with cheese. And then they coat it. I, I believe they do some sort of breading. But it's with egg, the egg whites. They whip the egg whites. So they get them really, really fluffy. I, I don't, I've never made Mexican food before. But then they keep. Uh, feeding it over the top. It's almost like they're basting it with the egg and the egg eventually hardens up and then they do cheese on top as well as sauce, like a red sauce. And it's okay. fucking, um, it's one of my it favorite good. Mexican dishes. So I but I, was, I can see how it can go south. Yeah, so I, I thought I was getting that, which goes south. Nice pun. I went south. That's where I was at. But um, <laughs> so I was like, this fucking sucks. Yeah, and everyone leaves. We take funny-ass pictures. Uh, uh, everyone's taking pictures like, picking each other up, hugging each other with uh, the fucking sombreros on. And Nikki's sister is, like, my height, but she's, like, skinny, like, really small. I'm like, you have to pick me up and cradle me with the sombreros. It'll be hilarious. She goes, I can't pick you up. And I was like, all right, sit on the couch. So she sat on the couch, and I had them, like, get the camera to where it looks like we're not on a couch. And I'm, like, on her lap, and she's, like, holding me like this. And we have huge sombreros on because it's I, – I just love – the whole time, man, everyone's just using my height to their advantage. So everyone's putting, putting me on their shoulders. This is going to be the joke all fucking Yeah, movie. I was all about it, though, dude. I was, I was fucking laughing my ass. It was so cool. So fast forward to that night. Everyone leaves the rehearsal dinner, and they're like, oh, we got to go to bed. Everyone go to bed, you know, wedding. But then I saw Waylon and Robbie show up. So everyone went to bed, and I stayed out with them. And we got fucked up to, like, it was like 1 in the morning. Alex comes up. He's like, what are, what are you doing? <laughs> I got told by my mother-in-law that you were out here drinking with the boys. You, you gotta be in bed. We gotta have a breakfast at ten in the morning. I was like, yeah, yeah, like, oh, take a shot, you're take good. a shot. And he goes, dude, I'm getting married tomorrow. <laughs> you can be fucking like, yeah, whatever, yeah. dude. I'm good what till two. Alex, ten I'm years good ago, till two. We were partying. <laughs> we used to party. What happened to you? <laughs> I was like, Alex, Alex, I need this, okay? I got divorced this year. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, dude. Don't give me a schedule in Mexico. Yeah, so yeah. I, I did go to bed, and I know what you're thinking, and yes, I did puke on the side of my bed <laughs> and clean it up with a pillow, and I left it there in the morning. And I just, like, come back. My room's all clean. I'm like, sweet, sweet. <laughs> you did a good job. But I was walking by my room, and they were in the room next to me, and they just watched me go into the room. And I'm like, they knew. You should have just gave them, like, puked all over the side apparently of the you could have just gave them a dollar, and they're yeah, cool. Yeah, uh, So... The wedding, though, man, it was fucking gorgeous. We wake up, we have breakfast, then we start, we get to take pictures. I posted a picture of me with my tight pants and my Converse, like, I was hanging on a hammock on the fucking ocean, dude, beautiful day. And I'm, like, on the beach, and everyone's like, what the fuck are you doing on Facebook? What the fuck are you doing wearing tight pants and fucking Converse on the beach? And I'm, like, I'm, I'm taking wedding photos. Uh, you know, I don't want to wear swim shorts in a wedding photo, and I don't own anything else. You know, so, but uh, it was cool because we got a bunch of pictures walking. Are you talking like everyone at the wedding reception? So you're telling me no, no, that no, no, everybody no, no, else? No, I posted on Facebook. Everyone on Facebook was saying, oh. yeah. All the other guys oh, were wearing okay. like nice looking shorts. 
but I don't own shorts. I literally, my my closet looks like Doug's funny, Doug Funny's closet. So it's just the same black pants, literally the same exact pants, but there's like 15 of them. So anytime <laughs> you see me, you won't see me in black pants, I mean, you won't see me in blue pants or shorts. Just always these tight black pants. So I just pulled them up on the ankles, and the guy's like, oh, we're going to go out and take photos. So we had a bunch of photos of us walking down the beach. My friend Matt put me on his shoulders. So there's a bunch of photos of us walking with him having me on his shoulders. And uh, we took some, like, good ones, you know, professional ones. But I decided, I'm like, okay, i got to go funny with some of these because we can't be too serious because it looks kind of douchey. Uh, but there was a giant fucking cliff you can climb up, and the rock literally hangs over the the beach, like on uh like on Lion King, you know, like when he holds Pride Rock. Yeah. So everyone's standing there. Yeah. So everyone's standing there, like posing for the fucking shot, and I'm literally laying on the rock, and I'm fucking mermaiding off the rock. And the guy takes his picture. I'm like, dude, we just we look like we just dropped the most fire album ever. Like, just the bad, most baddest boy band ever, dude. Fucking everyone's bearded up. Mu- because dude, they spit mud. hot fire, man. So uh, and then he, t- dude, he had like a four thousand dollar camera, like a really nice uh, fucking drone that took video and fucking pictures, everything. And he flew it over the ocean. So you got an drones air- are super cheap, yeah, man. No, dude. but it was like a really, really nice one with a fucking Even expensive really nice. camera. And it flew above us. Whatever. I don't know the. Fu- you know, he was like. He had one person, right? It was one person. Was, did, did he have like five fucking people husband with him? Husband and a wife. Exactly. There's no way that thing they is a like, self-contained unit. You tried to tell me. I'm sorry. So what happens is people will my try story, to tell <laughs> me how it was filmed, and then I just get mad because I'm a know-it-all when it comes to film. I will be glad to argue with it and all that good stuff. Chris went to film school if anybody doesn't that know that. That dude did not have a fancy camera. He bought the whole rig. It was a self-contained rig. It was probably like four grand. I'm not saying drones yeah, are cheap. Like It was probably four grand, and it was probably still awesome, but it wasn't, it wasn't no Paramount, yeah, Sony. Yeah, of course, of course. I don't even know why I went on that tangent. I apologize. Of course it's okay. not going to be it was that. Nice. Whatever. It was, it was nice a great to me. Drone. It was a great it was drone. nice to me. Sorry. I apologize. Go ahead. It was nice to me because I don't know. I don't. I can't see the difference. You know what I mean? I, I do that. I don't want to be that guy. Like, I automatically, whenever I see gear, I automatically, like, I start, like, rating it and all Super pretentious like, just, about it? Yeah, I'm so... Your yeah, gear sucks, dude. bro. I hate it. I my it. life I savings it on this so thing. Yeah, much, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, so he filmed it all, and I'm like, man, this is awesome. He's like, what are you guys doing this and that? So we kind of fucked around had some good shots looking out in the ocean we all like lined up together on a giant uh it was like a giant pipe it was a rock like cemented pipe kind of on the side of the ocean so that the water didn't get onto the beach on that specific side because that's like the volleyball side so he got us film he filmed us all holding hands a bunch of fucking dudes covered in tattoos holding hands interlaced fingers and we jump off of it and he got the pictures of us in the mid in midair so everyone's doing something different you know I'm doing the fucking it's a good photographer I'm doing the, the legs super tucked into my like up in my butt you know what I mean so it's like I do like that weird jump to where the legs come up uh but man it was just fucking man. yeah the anchor man it was a funny shot my, my friend Sean did the fucking Sean guy did the uh, love Sean guy? Yeah, we love you, Sean. He listens, dude. He listens in, uh, but he did the karate. So um, yeah, the karate. And then the wedding, man, it was fucking amazing. So we all walked down. Then the couple, sorry, my story's going on a long time, but um, it's okay. So the couple is walk. The couple uh, is waiting for, or Alex, of course, hasn't seen her. They, she spent the night in another room because that's tradition. It has this tradition. Uh, so we all line up. They. Basically, everyone sits down. They start playing some music. Each couple walks. So the groomsmen and the bridesmaids walk. 
but it's very very slow and it's good because yeah. they just they drag it out. All weddings want, are you want to make it look and good. And before you continue, shooting a wedding sucks. Yeah. I hate it. I hate shooting weddings. Lucky these people, I probably won't do that many more weddings. Yeah, these people because of my experience. Yeah, these people were their friends, so it's kind of cool because you got your friends in Cancun as well as they're filming you. Yeah, afterwards, Alex's like, "I'm never taking another fucking picture again." I'll tell you that he was so. They were over the pictures, dude. Because they were. It was like they were working. It, it was like they were fucking like, working. If that's what you want, then it's gonna take time, and you have to. It's it's hard. It's definitely a job for anybody who's like, "Oh, I can be a photographer." Blah blah blah. Uh, if you don't know what the fuck you're actually doing and you think that you can just pick up a fucking camera and suddenly be a photographer, I'm calling bullshit on that. I'm sorry. Maybe it's because of what I know and all that other stuff, but everybody that I have even seen that is just like picking up a camera, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to be a photographer now. They take great landscape photos. Anybody can take a great landscape photo. If you have a good eye, you can take a great landscape photo, you do some editing to it, you put it in a fucking crop, and boom, you're a photographer. I can see that. It's once you start getting with models, once you start getting in wedding receptions and video shoots and all this other stuff, that you just picking up a camera doesn't fucking work anymore. Your entire fucking foundation is going to fucking fall down. Sorry I went on a tangent. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, so... We, Alex, we saw him with his uh, fucking vows in his hand as we're sitting there waiting for everything to, to be called. And he, it's all laminated. He got a fucking issue. <laughs> laminated. And he goes, yeah, Nikki, Nikki wrote hers down. I'm like, she might be the one who really cares, dude, because straight from handwriting to there's, there are writers that say never pick up a computer, never pick up a fucking uh, typewriter, always write with your hand. It means more. It's coming from you to the paper. You know, I mean, that's now it is a little more difficult. But so... Alex, she's like, man, I read this thing a million times. You know, it's like you can read this thing a million times and not really get the full feel for it. You, I mean, you don't really understand the emotion you're putting into it until the moment hits. So Alex reads his vows first, and dude, he starts fucking choking up and crying. And he's like, man, I read this thing a million. He says this time, but I read this thing a million times. I didn't cry once. And then being here right now, it's it's very hard. Like his voice is very shaky. He's crying. He's I, you know, to him, it's because he was marrying the person he loves, but to me, I believe it's because he was getting married. You know, so of course he's crying like, fuck. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no. Um, <clears throat> no, but he was just thinking last chance. Last chance to she's ten feet, She's 10 feet away from you. You're oh. still single now, Frank. <laughs> but, Man, every guy, so the women were just sitting there, his mom was crying, his dad, but I seen all, like, my biggest friends. Waylon is, like, my, he's badass, he's a beast, did MMA, like, kids, BC, he, like, has a mullet, he, he shaved his head into a mullet. <laughs> like, man, you're the only person in Cancun with a fucking mullet right now. That's so awesome. Uh, so, and he's crying, and all our guys, all us guys are crying, man. I fucking, dude, I'm bawling to tears hearing Alex cry. It broke my heart. Nikki reads hers. She didn't cry at all. And oh. yeah, she like kind of like shaky, but she didn't cry. And I look over, I'm like, damn, Nikki is hood as fuck. Dude. Yeah. She did not cry. Good for her. I think it's because she didn't want to fuck up her makeup. You know, it's like, I fucking paid for this. Or maybe she just doesn't really love Alex. Yeah, maybe that could That's be the it. thing. I, like <laughs> I want to go with the just former. I want to go with the former because you're an asshole, Abby. <laughs> no, um, yeah. So, the, I mean, I think it's over. the exact opposite because of what you said before you continue how you were saying uh, Alex sat there and he read it over and over. Because when Alex was reading it, he wasn't really reading it with emotion. Once he got into the spot, the emotion came up when he was reading it, like the powerfulness. He's like, yeah. oh shit, like I actually did write something yeah, finally yeah. good. And you, dude, and whereas oh, a, a lady will, 
if if she writes something down and she's reading it, she's immediately gonna have that response. To yeah, it. I, exactly. I don't know she why, reads it with but emotion. I mean that's just the whole like dynamic. Because yeah. it's her continue. day. Yeah, I I love that you said that. That's amazing. Thanks for going off on that tangent because that's true. It's her day. Yeah. There's more emotion for her. She's supposed. She's usually more stressed out. This is like my perfect day. That's just kind of how it is. But yeah, man, hearing knowing Alex for so long growing up with them, partying with them, you hear your friend cry for the first time, and dude, we all lost it. I'm like over here trying to like look at, <laughs> look at looking in the wind and shit. Fucking, I didn't pull the wedding crashes. I didn't look at like the ladies and like wipe my tear. Like yeah, I'm crying. I got emotion. I know what's up. I'm I fuck with romance. No, I didn't do that. I looked in the wind. Disclaimer: He would have if he didn't have a lady here. Yeah. Yeah. If she wasn't here, I'd be like, hey, no, I was fucking around. But <laughs> like, we lost so many good men out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Playing for the Yankees? Yeah, you lose good men to trades and unruly fans. I don't so. want to talk about it. <laughs> so, Nikki Red Hers did the ceremony. Everyone fucking cheered, went nuts. And of course, oh, so everyone walks, does their thing. And I see this lady, this Mexican lady, come up with fucking shots. She's a part of the wedding. I didn't, it was her family member. I didn't know this at first. Comes up with fucking shots, and she gives one to Alex and Nikki, and they're normal size shots, and then hers is like a triple shot. And I'm like, dude, this bitch is fucking crazy. She's about to fuck around. She's like, cheers, they drink it. She's not, not even phased. Nikki and Alex are like, oh, goddamn. But it was cool. Everyone took the picture of them taking shots at the wedding. And then we line up to take photos for the wedding. They do yeah. you know, all the different... Dude, it was like, goddamn, so many photos. Let's it's enjoy strenuous, dude, and it's nonstop, especially yeah. on wedding day. Like, you might as well sign up for a fucking day of work. Yeah, like, so it's... exactly. After they do all the bridal fucking photos, whatever, they have this person come, now this person come, all this shit. Finally, they line up the whole family and uh, all the little people in the front. So it's me and all these ladies in the front. And uh, the, her, the person that with the shot, the large shot, is behind me. And she's like kind of an overweight older lady. She's like in her 30s or maybe late 40s. And she's like, she, I'm like, we're all bent down in the front. She goes, okay, if I put my hands on you? And I'm like, yeah, I guess. Like, I thought she was doing it for balance. Uh, and then she was like, I'm the crazy aunt. And I was like, oh shit. And everyone, all the Mexican family around me is like, like, oh, she's going to get you tonight. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, just oh, for God. perspective about like the, the, the shot thing. Okay, so everyone else had a shot. She had a Starbucks Venti. Yeah. Right? That's about accurate. Like, I saw yeah, that's French for large, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, she's like, I'm the crazy aunt. And I was like, oh, shit. I'm getting raped. <laughs> like, I was like scared, man. I was fearing. I was like, I was like, Alex, you better watch me tonight. You make sure I go to my bedroom and I'm fine. And she doesn't follow me. But no, she's just fucking with me. She was super cool, dude. Um, but yeah, she's like one of those single aunts. Like the one that's like a little too old to go into the dating field. Um, so, but it was, it was funny. And then they were like, oh, do a crazy, do a crazy pose. You know, fucking, you be crazy wild with it. And be so wacky. Be everyone kind of went wacky. And I look at Matt and Matt's behind me. He's taller than me. Just fucking full on red beard. He's super ginger. And I just grab him and we just put our fucking, Giants bin. put our hands in front of our mouths and we start fucking like pretending to make out. So the picture, everyone's like making a stupid face. And then to the right, you just see these two kids. Like I'm a little kid making out with this tall ass dude, bearded <laughs> redhead. Dude, it is the funniest. And no one knows about it. So they're going to be looking through the pictures and be like, what the fuck? It looks like we're actually getting down. Um, and then we picked up Alex and had the photographer take a picture of his dick line. Uh, but man, it was, yeah, it was you guys, beautiful. you were a little obsessed with that dick it, line. It was a joke. We were, it was a carry on joke. <laughs> when we first bought, like I went down to Sacramento, met all the guys, uh, met some of them for the first time. And we went and picked up our clothes for the wedding. And Matt's like, dude, if we can't find pants with a beautiful dick line, we ain't getting them. And that from there, 
we okay. the joke just kind of like went to the wedding and he's like, I hey, you better, you better text Nikki a picture of your fucking dick line because if she's not satisfied with that dick line, we ain't getting those pants. <laughs> and the whole time he's making that joke. So we were just saying it at the wedding. Uh, then the ceremony hit. Fucking, man, it was fucking beautiful. We all sit down. We're, we do a shot. Her sister, 19 years old, they can drink at 18, uh, took a shot for the first time. She's like a college kid, hella intelligent girl. She's like, all right, taking my first shot at my sister's wedding. So that was cool. It was the, the dinner that they served us best food I had there. I was like, this is fucking actually really good. So, the actual dinner at the reception? So, then, at the middle of the dinner, they were like, uh, bride and groom come to the dance floor, they sit them down in chairs, then they're like, speeches, and I said, hey, listen, the friends that were giving speeches, I was like, can I go last? Like, is that okay? And they're like, yeah, that's, that's fine. So, brother gives a speech first. Phenomenal. Beautiful job. Made us laugh our asses off. Sister of Nikki gives gives her speech. I went like super serious with mine. I, I did a funny joke at the beginning. Like I did a I did a hangover joke. I basically pulled out my fucking my shit and I said I op- I was like I wrote a thing for the wedding. I pulled it out and I started reading. And I'm like nobody knows Stu like I know Stu. And I pointed out Alex, <laughs> not nobody, not you, not you. And I was like oh oh shit. Um and I folded it back and put it in my pocket. I was like. Wrong wedding. Sorry, yeah. I was in a, I was in a movie once, <laughs> and then someone someone yells out "Lone Wolf" <laughs> on the background, and I pull out the other because I printed out two fucking uh, speeches. I pulled out the other one in my pocket. And I was like, "This, uh, this, this is the thing. This, this is the thing that I did," and I read it, and fucking Alex started tearing up. I'm looking at him. I'm shaking like fucking shaking, and I'm pretty good at public speaking, but man, I'm shaking. I'm starting to tear up because this is one of my best friends, and then I did a speech. Yeah, I did a speech for um, I basically my I did a quote for Nikki. I you know people usually like love like quote love or quote the fucking Bible, but I get I picked a specific quote for Nikki, the actual bride. And uh, once I finished, everyone's like, dude, uh, that was fucking phenomenal. That you did a great job. And I worked on my speech for a couple weeks, but her sister was like, how the after her sister as everyone goes up afterwards. Her dad wings it. Her dad does a great job winging it. <laughs> Alex's dad, same thing. Great job winging it. But her sister, after we're all done doing it, we go sit down and eat. And she's just like, how the fuck do you expect us to follow you? <laughs> so it was pretty fucking funny. I was like, oh, okay, that's 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 good. I was like, my bad. That's why I said, let me go last. <laughs> uh, but then we start fucking dancing, dude. And we, we get, uh, or sorry. Dude, I forgot, my bad. Before we even made it into the fucking dinner, before the wedding... Everyone sat down and they stopped all the grooms and bridesmaids and they're like, we're going to do this one thing when we go in. So they announce each person to go in, each group, you know, one by one. And they start doing, they dance on the dance floor. So everyone starts dancing to the music and they're like, oh, right, you and you, you know, they mention their names. They come in and dance. I fucking jumped in and started break dancing. Um, and then Alex and Nikki came in and everyone, the music that they had, that was nice music. It turned to Trap Queen. I don't even know what that song is, but it turned to Trap Queen. Everyone took fucking colorful glasses out of their pockets. Nikki and Alex walked in with fake money. So everyone's dancing, and they're fucking throwing fake money everywhere. And I start getting on the floor and doing the crybaby. You remember the crybaby where, like, you're humping the floor and hitting it? And Matt pulls up my suspenders and starts smacking my ass. And they have a picture of him that looks like he's fucking riding me like a rodeo. Everyone's dancing around us in the middle of the fucking wedding. And he's smacking my ass as I'm on the ground doing the crybaby. So it's pretty funny. I just went straight for comedy. I'm like, I'm going to do every, everything weird to make everybody laugh. And that's all I was like, I think your Mexican family thinks we're gay, dude. All your white friends are fucking crazy. Tattoos, fucking hugging on each other. 
Uh, and I mean, the fucking dude, the wedding was just beautiful. Every I requested so many old songs. We were fucking getting it. And then after we all danced and had a good time. Oh, in the middle of dancing, I we planned this Waylon. I went up to my friend Waylon early before the dancing, and I said, "Tonight I'm dancing with you in front of his girlfriend, Jacqueline." And uh, he was like, "Oh, we're dancing," because he's like just hella buffer than me. And I was like, "Hey, dude, you think you could pick me up?" And he goes, "Yeah, of course." I was like, "Dude, do you want to do the dirty dancing?" And he's like, dude, I am so down. And I knew this. I was like, I went up to the guy. I was like, hey, do you have the song from Dirty Dancing? Tommy, Your Life. I think that's the name of it. And he was like, oh, yeah, of course. Oh, so course after we were dancing everything, I, I told him, hey, next. I said, hey, next song. And it starts coming on. And I get to the dance floor and I start pushing everybody off the dance floor. Moved everybody. Waylon stood there. And I fucking run to him, dude. And he fucking lifts me up in the air. We do the fucking thing. It didn't work out too well because he couldn't hold me up. Uh, he like held me up by my suspenders and then kind of put me down at arm's length and then he like swung me around wrap, like wrapped my legs around him but like kicking my legs out and then swing me around they got it on fucking film it was it was fun no one knew we were gonna do it too so it was like a surprise <laughs> and then uh the last song they played was Hands Down by Dashboard Confessional because everyone there was like old scene kids sort of thing. <laughs> so that was cool. So we were all singing to each other. Dude, I had no voice the next day. No voice. I'm like, hey, how's it going, guys? I can sound like I had smoker's cough. But yeah, that was, that was basically it. Oh, so I was supposed to leave. Ch I checked out Saturday, day after the wedding. And I checked out at, you know, uh, like 1240. And they cut off your wristband. So it's like, no more food, no more booze. No! Yeah, so I'm like, fuck. Don't cut but I told, off I said, the listen, uh, um, <laughs> I was gonna, I was supposed to leave it sun, on Sunday morning at around, like, uh, I was supposed to wake up at like 3.45, leave, and then get on my plane at 7. So I told him, hey, I'm, I'm gonna stay here. My plane leaves tonight, is what I said. So they gave me a little piece of paper just for the day with the date on it. So I'm like, fuck. And then I got told that day, hey, man, since I'm on standby, you're not gonna make it on your flight. And you're they're gonna hang out at the airport, or you got to figure out a way to stay. The so they want to make you fucking Edward Snowden and live in the airport for a minute. Yeah. So I said I was like fuck. I was thinking about that. We went up to Alex's room to get ready for a fucking partying on a pirate ship, which we did. Sorry, that was amazing. I'm not. I'm not gonna tell that story. It was crazy. But Alex had a wristband. And then Alex was like, hey, man, we could." We, they found an extra wristband from, because they cut them off at the wedding, and we got new ones put on. $90 if you lose it. Ooh. But their, their sister <laughs> went ahead. That's not pesos? No, that's American. So little sister couldn't, or the older sister couldn't find hers. They went ahead and just gave her a new one. But I, or Alex and Nikki found her wristband, put it on me, so I got free drinks and booze. The nice. next day, my plane leaves on Monday, but when I, when I went to go leave in the morning, I took off my wristband because you have to take they take it off when you check out. I already checked out, so I took it off. And then as my friends checked out, I'm waiting for my shit, and they were like, "Where's your wristband?" And I'm like, "Uh, well, um, I checked out yesterday." And like, "Where's your piece of paper?" And I'm like, "They didn't give me no piece of paper." You know, I was playing that up, and dude, they were fucking harassing me. I thought I was gonna go to jail. They were like, Mexicans were surrounding me. Let me see your fucking, let me see your shit, let me see your shit. And I'm like, whoa, wait, dude, like shit out real? Yeah, like, shit real, real. And it's like fucking four in the morning, dude. I'm like, I'm a paying motherfucking customer, dude. And I was like, fuck this, hijo de la chingala, which means like, son of a bitch. I was just fucking throwing out Spanish. So you know no Spanish, and the one fucking phrase you're going to spit out is just son, completely son like, fuck yeah, you. All I know is the cuss words. So stupid. I was paying attention. No, I just didn't dude, think that he was going to actually fucking they use it. hitting me. That's just good storytelling. <laughs> give, give me your passport. I'm like, I can give you my fucking passport, dude. I'm not getting stuck in Mexico. You're not going to sell me and then so they were like uh basically they wouldn't let me on the fucking shuttle that i paid for because my shit was like we t the kid that i said that was our tour guide kind of thing he was fucking everybody on the trip 
my friend Matt told him, hey, he's leaving with us tomorrow. He's like, well, on his uh, information, it said he left Sunday, or he was supposed to leave Sunday. Matt's like, yeah, fl- things change. His flight got canceled. If you could put him on for Monday, kid didn't put me on. So I couldn't get on because I wasn't on the roster. Everyone's circling me, giving me shit. Luckily, his security guard down below was like, hey, you need me to call you a taxi? And I was like, yeah, how much? He's on 500 pesos. I was like, call me a fucking taxi, dude. Call me two seconds later, taxi rolls up. I give the fucking guy that said that, the security guard, 200 pesos. Taxi guy, 500 pesos, get out of there. Six 600 pesos. I'm handing out money because I ain't getting stuck in Mexico. <laughs> well, at this point, you don't give a fuck about a peso. No. You're greasing motherfucking <laughs> wheels. Greasing wheels so I can get the fuck out of there. I thought they were going to call him up and be like, turn around, turn around. We're fucking taking this little here, guy to fuck. Here, get a prostitute on Yeah. There. So, dude, I was giving out money like a motherfucker. <laughs> made it to the airport, and luckily I made it home. So that's my story. Sorry it took a little bit. But, dude, it was it was awesome. Partied no, on, it's, partied it, on it, a pirate ship. It sounds dude, it like cool. it was awesome. It's funny because you didn't even get to the fucking... I just basically yeah talk about the wedding and I mean that's it was just amazing congratulations Alex and Nikki but yeah uh, sorry about the whole wedding story whatever I had a blast first time out of the country um but yeah there was uh wasn't there some fights while I was gone or what was some some fights happened guys shit there were some circus acts the yeah. circus acts that's, that's what you call them <laughs> Chris there's one that, that I know you wanted to bring up really bad please bring it up it should literally be called circus circus so there is a lady who is 68 years old. And for some reason, this lady, I don't know why, I didn't like actually get to go into like, oh, why did this lady do any of this? No, that's not what happened. What happened, I'll just tell you the situation. So I'm browsing on Reddit because I love Reddit, and there's a subreddit that's called MMA. If you don't know any of this, whatever, uh, you'll, get, you'll get there. So anyways, I go into this subreddit called MMA. Within this subreddit called MMA, there is a fight video on there, and on this fight video, there's a 68-year-old woman facing a 24-year-old woman. So I click on the link, and I'm like, there's no fucking way this is true, right? This is like, fake. Like, this this, has there's no fake. fucking way, because at this point, MMA is almost reaching that bound to where it's almost getting legitimate. Like, it's almost getting even to where boxing are even, is, you know? Four years away from being three times that girl's age. It's gnarly. So, okay, but uh, I just want to, I have to tell the story before we go into it or else uh, nobody will hear the Sorry, story. Sorry, please. So, 68 versus a 24-year-old. The 24-year-old is constantly training, as in the 68-year-old kind of picked it up as a hobby. So, they are in a fight, a three-round fucking fight. Three rounds, it's a fucking fight. It's Bell five rings. Five-minute rounds, right? Five-minute rounds. Bell rings. 24-year-old comes out, 68-year-old comes out, and you can just tell as soon as they come out that this lady is just slow. It's just, it's not that yeah. she's not there. The young girl's dancing around her and her walker. Like, that is shitty, dude. And, like, she's just slow. She wants to be there, and she's trying. Like, I have to give her credit. Like, I have to give the 68-year-old credit. Like, she's trying. Like, I can't really be like, well, like... And and she signed the contract, right? You know, so she made the decision. Beside to be there. the point, beside we were we are gonna get Just into that. Just tell the story right now. Tell the facts. Okay, so they're fighting. Uh, the bitch is getting beat up. Okay, the sixty-eight-year-old lady is getting beat up on the feet. So the sixty-eight-year-old lady tries to take it to the ground. She's like, okay, well, fuck it, let's take it to the ground. And she tries to pull guard on this twenty-four-year-old. And the twenty-four-year-old realizes what she's doing and she's like okay well i know jujitsu and so the lady pulls guard and then wounds up being in mount and so the 24 year old is on this 68 fucking year old lady full mount position now for those of you that don't know mma a full mount position is when you are on top of the hips of another person and they're 
back is to the ground. So their back is to the ground, and you're completely on top of them. Basically you have sitting them on their belly button. You're basically sitting on their belly button. Thank you, Yeah, Andy. Like a girl riding a man in, in porn. That's how I... No, but that's on the dick. But this is so it's much... different. Yeah, okay. Like, it's if someone's different. riding your dick, you have the... Uh, you have like they're enough in the middle to where exactly. you can lift them yeah, off. You, you can, can buck yeah. them off. But if they're above that, if they're on your belly button, it's like you said, it's it's called it's a your full center, mount right? for it's a reason. Center, it's like yeah. it, it's so difficult. And so this lady knows what she's doing. She's twenty four. She's she's studying Brazilian. So she puts her hooks in and her hooks. I don't want to get into all the terminology because I'll fuck you guys up. So she gets her hooks in all this stuff, and eventually the twenty four year old within about. Two and a half minutes, I want to call it. It's a five-minute round. Two and a half minutes in, maybe three and a half. This 24-year-old is just literally ground and pounding her. She's full mount and just beating this old lady's head in. The old lady is trying to defend. She's trying to cover her up. She's covering, but then one will slip through. Boom, and it catches her. And then she's like, okay. So she's still coherent, 68 years old, Abby's but she's still hella good. mad about this. She's still good, right? <laughs> and so she covers up again. Boom. Blast on left. This and would then have never happened in boxing. <laughs> and then and then That's she's the just her guard her guard just wasn't that good. That's really what it boils down to. The, that was the, more than that. Uh, there's so many Yeah, you're right, right. Sorry, I'm trying to dev- to You're doing the pennies right now. Keep doing the facts. So anyways, the lady eventually is just beating her ass on top of her, just laying into her to the point where the ref doesn't even call the fight yet. The ref even lets it go this much further to where the 68-year-old lady's arms were covering her head and eventually they start falling and falling and falling and falling to where her Arms completely drop, and she takes a solid two more right in the dome, and then finally the fight is called. Now, the reason why I want to bring this up is because of the head trauma that we have always discussed, and it is because of how compact sports are not for old people no and it's like how do you put someone that's that young that's like almost prime like prime is like around you know 30 this is not a fucking game simple as fucking that i agree it's not a game it's not a game and that's how it was treated as i feel like and it, it wasn't the ufc this wasn't bellator this wasn't like a major organization it was it was somebody trying to do something it, it was almost like a freak show like come on come on see it the is. old lady that's fight this young it. girl it's entertaining you guys want to see this it like, was strictly yeah. for it, admission chris said before this brought mma back mma back 5 years and i uh, it is so accurate i mean this what this was was fucking disgusting. Uh, okay, so like I said before, this is not a game. If you want to have a 68-year-old do a one-on-one basketball game with a 24-year-old, I could see that's funny because the point of that sport is to score a point. Or if you want to play, have them play football, that can still work because the point is to get across a goal line. Uh, injuries can happen as a side effect. A tackle can happen as part of trying to get there, but that's not the point. Right. When it comes to a combat sport, when it comes to MMA or boxing, the point is to render that other human being unconscious. You're trying to separate them from their senses and cause brain damage. That's the end goal of the sport. And when you have Scientifically, someone, like yeah. competitively, you would say to knock them out. Uh, sorry, go ahead. When you have someone who's 68 years old, like that's the thing people don't understand is once you hit 
when once you get close to your mid thirties, your reaction time goes shot. Your reaction time is the first thing to go. I can't tell you how many times I've heard a fighter who's in their mid thirties say, "I'm faster than ever," and you look at them like that mother, that guy, that person, man or woman, is incredibly fast. You see him land with power. That person has power. They're tough. They have all these skills plus experience. But they lose a fight and they say, I couldn't pull the trigger. They say, I couldn't. That's the phrase. Because the reaction time is completely gone. It's I see the opening, but my body won't listen to my brain. Now you double that age. It's fucking double. Like we talked, like we double. talked before, like a, just a while ago, we were talking to our friends about Anderson Silva, how he was 36 and it was gone. And I, t- I brought up Roy Jones Jr. And I think this is my, f- this is, I think is the perfect example because you have Roy Jones, who was quite possibly the most gifted athlete to ever enter a boxing ring. If you watch highlights of a, of a young Roy Jones, you're watching something. It's phenomenal. Otherworldly. It's amazing. Like I get goosebumps you're see- like, watching. That's the closest. It's like if so you ever, good. if you ever. So- if you ever read the Iliad and it describes Achilles, he was a god among men. Someone who was so on another level that no one could compete with him. Combat wise. Yeah. That was Roy Jones Jr. Damn, dude, that's he a was, great comparison. He was leaps and bounds of everyone. And yeah, his technique wasn't perfect, but that's the whole Not thing is he had bad technique, nope. but his otherworldly talent just made that a non issue. I mean, this in 1993, he beat a prime Bernard Hopkins, who is now considered one of the greatest middleweights of all time. All time. And he, he won that fight clearly. Then he moved to super middleweight, and he dominated James Tony Once again, one of the greatest fighters of all time. Started at middleweight, ended up at heavyweight, and he knocked out Evander Holyfield. Yeah. Like, and Roy Jones, of course, was is one of only two men. In history, to win a both to win a middleweight title and then go on to win a heavyweight title, yep. Roy was otherworld. He was thirty four and zero when he got his first loss, and guess what? It was a disqualification that was bullshit. <laughs> then he's like, you know what? I want an immediate rematch with that guy, Montel Griffin. Rematch, knocked him out in the first round. Damn, that's fucking crazy. It's then John he, Jones in MMA. That's, he that's went the, up. It's the same. Two thousand or two thousand three. He won that heavyweight title from John Ruiz. And he's like, I'm on top of the world. I'm, he's over 200 pounds, and then Antonio Tarver you know, goads him into fighting him, so he has to lose like 50 pounds worth of muscle. But he comes down. He's 49 or he's 48 and one, wins a decision against Tarver, and then they have a rematch, and then he finally has a legitimate loss. Tarver knocks him out, and that's thing. at what age? Uh, 34, I think. Wow. 35. It was it was mid it was around mid thirties I know that um, it was thirty four or thirty five but Roy Jones went from being on top of the world people were comparing him to Sugar Ray Robinson the great maybe the greatest fighter of all time that's what we're saying about Roy the perfect the landed the perfect punch right Sugar Ray yeah but yeah Sugar Ray Leonard or Robinson could do that but anyways and then it's almost like people talk about being over the hill but Roy fell off a cliff <laughs> he went from Damn, dude. the pinnacle so of boxing <laughs> to he got knocked out in 2004 the net the year after his greatest accomplishment the next year he got knocked out by antonio tarver in the second round 
then got knocked out by Glenn Johnson in the ninth round. He's never been the same. And now this same man who since has been knocked out five times. Five times. This guy who was Achilles, who was unbeatable, who it's hard to describe how good he was. You have to watch the footage. No matter what, like he this is the guy who put his hands behind his back and Straight taunted a guy dance. and then launched one punch uh, to knock the dude out. Adney's words cannot do it so justice. No, on I'm God. not poetic enough. Is. Homer probably couldn't do it poetically <laughs> enough. <laughs> it's After, one of those things you have to see. And I'm not talking about Homer Simpson for you motherfuckers out there. <laughs> but anyway, this guy was so and that all it all it happened was that he hit his mid-30s and his reaction time yeah. went down. So then you could picture a 68. And now this same guy that I just described, this other world talent, is now started a campaign. Tell us telling... last fight. No, tell us last fight. How am I talking about his last fight? I think it was about Enzo Macronelli. Don't make any cry, dude. Don't make any cry on the podcast. Well, it's, 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 no. Yeah, it was against it Enzo fits, Macronelli. It yeah, fits okay, right yeah. in what he's talking about. Enzo Macanelli was okay. So the, he's a cruiserweight. Cruiserweight division has always been the kind of no man's land between 175 and the 200 heavyweights. And there's been a few great ones that come out of it, but it's very rare to get the really good fighters because the really good fighters move up to heavyweight. So you have this guy named Enzo who has seven losses, not a great fighter, and he just he knocked out Roy, and the way he did it. To see Roy, this isn't the first time to see him knocked out by someone like that who in his earlier years would have made him look foolish. This is a guy who fought an entire round with Vinny Pazienza, and Pazienza didn't land a single punch. Roy dropped him, and the referee – Yeah, referee – like, referee was like, all right, That's fight. amazing. Like, land, Roy drops Vinny. Referee's like, go on, and Roy looks at him. Looks at the referee and puts his hands up like, really? <laughs> you want me to keep doing this? He looked like, does that like gestures towards Vinny? Look at this motherfucker. You really want us to keep going? Fight? And Roy's like, all right. And then that last fucking, oh my God, that last combination where he just destroyed Vinny. This guy is now getting beat by mere mortals. It fe- that's what it feels like. It feels like Zeus is, beating, is getting beat by mortals. That's what you see when you see this, especially if you know what this person is capable of and you see what they're going through. You know their history. You've seen the arc of their of their career. You've seen their career arc. Yeah, exactly. And it's so fucking sad. And the reason that's happening is because of age. It's that fucking simple. This guy is in his 40s, and this is happening to him. Now you – they want to put a fucking thing together where a 60-year-old – and Roy is now having this campaign where he's saying, I will fight a regular fan, and I will give that fan $100,000. That's so fucking crazy. And I understand like some people are like, oh, $100,000? I'll get in that. <sighs> Why would Roy even do that? That's what I want Because know. Roy can't get a fight anymore. That's Why the point. Why Roy, because Roy is at this level where guys don't want to fight him. He's at such a low level. Be, from a, and Roy is when a, this happens to fighters all the plus fighters time. have more respect for him to want to fight him. They see where he was yeah, and like, where he is now. So like, I'm not fighting you, dude. You're not like, are you kidding me? You, you are kind of like you are an idol to us, and yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to hurt you even more. Yeah, than Larry Holmes hurt. did not want to fight Muhammad Ali, but they forced him to, and he 
was beating him up and he kept he didn't he went easy on him he kept telling asking the ref to stop it but he had to go and ended up stopping Ali in 10 rounds Joe Lewis Rocky Marciano look Another at that great fight example. Lewis came out of retirement to fight Rocky Marciano because he was basically poor because the government fucked Joe Lewis on money and on, Rocky on Marciano taxes. was idolized Joe Lewis he didn't want to fight Joe yeah Joe Lewis came back and then he tried to fight Ezra Charles and Ezra Charles beat him and he's like, well, I still need to make money. And then he started to fight this young up-and-coming guy named Rocky Marciano. And Marciano, who loved Joe, like when, he only threw one flurry in that entire fight. And he was taken easy and he ended up knocking Joe out in the eighth round. Out and of he the felt, ring. And he not cried. Only, yeah, yeah, he out cried Out of the after ring. That. He knocked him out of the ring, man. It was fucking – it's the saddest fight ever. But so like – that's not the point. But the thing is like so you have these freak shows that are happening all over combat sports. And the problem, like we talked about the brain trauma and how this can affect human beings. I understand you want to fight. I understand you want to know what it feels like to be in there. And I, like, I under, completely understand with someone who wants to fight and feel that rush. That There's nothing like no, being in a I fight I agree like with that. you, dude. I can fuck around with that, exactly what you're saying. The, fight, the rush of the fight, uh, the it's adrenaline, the, of the, crowd. the endorphins. Oh, it chemically, it's I chemically wise, fighting, dude. Your dude. body, like chemical wise, I love everything. fighting. And Sex, I'm fighting, not even talking pain, about whatever. boxing, and I'm not talking about MMA. I'm talking about regular street fucking fighting. Nobody should enjoy street fighting. I, I'm looking back on it now, and I wouldn't enjoy it now because of all this other bullshit. You have more appreciation but, for the combat. You're not going out to look for fights. I hate people that do correct. that. Correct. Fucking exactly. hate that. People that go out and look for fights. The friends that I know that but fight. But there is still do this element that it's like, ah, uh, it's exciting, until I get to this point where it's just like, dude, you're, you know, where do you I draw, draw the 36. line? Where do you draw the line? I draw line? it at 36. Some draw at 34. I don't know what you're gonna call it. It is, it is a, a case by case basis because you have B Hop. That's what I wanted exactly. to exactly. Bernard Hopkins, who which I. <laughs> this was, like, Chris knows him personally. That's when we did <laughs> when we did our Dreamcast. My second choice, but after Legend of Zelda, was I wanted to do a biopic about Bernard Hopkins starring Idris Elba. Oh, because you know, basically, <laughs> listeners, Idris Elba is going to be in all my movie guys. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Bernard Hopkins is such a fucking. The, one of the most unique examples. Like I don't know why that's not the number one yeah. story in sport. The guy is it should be. in his 50s. Yeah. He's tur- He just turned 51, and he's still one of the top light heavyweights in the world. He he set the record for the oldest man to ever win uh, a legitimate, not just a, a title, but the undisputed light heavyweight championship, and then he went and beat that record. He extended it even farther. He's the Brett Favre of boxing, basically. He it's like, are you gonna retire? He's like, I'm not retiring. To shame. Yeah. To oh, yeah. shame. But, but like, here's the thing: it. is like he, you can see that he, like, a lot of that is the fact the way he fought was that he's never taken sustained punishment, and the way he treats his body, and the fact that he started late. There's a lot of factors that help in the fact that he's lasted so long. But even then, like, if he were to start to lose, it'd be like you need to stop. Roy Jones has started to lose years oh. ago, and he's still going. Then you have this no one. I don't care who the fuck they are. If you're a 68-year-old person fighting a 24, you just picked this up. You don't have the experience. That only, like The reason why someone like Brad Hobson can stay relevant for so long is because of his 
incredibly extensive experience in the ring, the tricks he knows, the way he can manipulate his opponent. He was middleweight champion for 10 years. He made 20 successful title defenses. Like, that's a lot of fucking experience. And then he moved to light heavyweight in 2006. He won the light heavyweight title. 2006. That's a long fucking time ago. That's nine years ago. Okay? So you had that on top of the middleweight reign. This guy has the experience. That that woman did not have that experience. No. It's not fair. And that is a fucking circus act. And when you do that and the Roy Jones fight, what you're doing is you're setting combat sports back. So the people who want to see our sports go away, who say these sports are stupid and they're bad and they shouldn't be around, you're giving them ammo, you're giving them power, and you're making the rest of everyone else Look, Look cheap. like you're cheapening savages. the sport. You're cheapening the fucking sport. And the number one fucking problem. You're putting these people at risk of death when it doesn't need. Every fighter is, of course, at risk of death, but you're putting it unnecessary risk. That's our point. Unprecedented risk. That's where we keep going with it because I think we've started to understand. I have gotten hit so many times, dude. I've gotten hit to the point where I was like, "Fuck." I don't remember. I didn't. I don't remember a solid twelve hours of yesterday. Like, Damn. So and I'm, I'm, I'm not a fighter, so up. I don't so really. So I know. understand this whole thing. That shit's not cool. That shit's not cool. It's not like blacking out. When you black out, at least you know. You're like, oh, I drink too much alcohol or whatever. Like, the only thing that I can remember from that twelve hours was the punch that I threw. The punch that I was like, I'm about to knock you out. What's up? I don't remember nothing after that. I don't remember anything after. I was like, what's up? I'm about to knock you out. Boom. I wake up. I'm in the fucking hospital. What the fuck happened? And it took me a solid, solid week just to regain the memory of the now when I was in the now. But I still, to this day, cannot remember if it was a right or a left. And add age to that. And I was thinking like, hold on. But what I'm trying to get at is that circus act that is starting to surround MMA. And there's this very fine line that they are starting to tread right now because they can either go into a straight legitimacy sport like boxing and you have all these other leagues and belts. That's the thing, though, is like UFC to me seems so legit and so well done. It's one governing body and like Dana White can say this fight needs to happen and he can push it. He can he has effect. It's one governing body. Everyone knows the best MMA fighters end up there. And I love that about MMA is that it's like here's the top. But he, yeah, but the fact the problem is like you're trying to say is there's so many small organizations that don't give a fuck. Yeah, look at Pride. When Pride started, it was like a kickboxer versus a like it was like versus a boxer and the people were like way different side. It was way more street fighting. Okay, but it was with the Pride, Okay, but without Pride there is no UFC. No, I know, so, but that's what I'm saying. Like in the beginning, like look at for instance, boxing. Yeah, I think what CB's started, trying to say is the fact that it was that a long time ago, but it's evolved. It's evolved and we need into to keep real sports because that's taken a step back, like you said. So even look at boxing, for instance. When boxing first started, it was whoever gets knocked out. They will go so many more rounds. It wasn't like, oh, 12 rounds were done. Like it was 70-some-odd rounds until someone couldn't get up anymore. There you go. And it was illegal in so many places that you had to do it like on the docks. And it was bare knuckle. And it was on the docks, yeah. People would be betting on it all the time. And it's like until you get knocked out, the fight continues. And then it went to 15 rounds. And then they got it to 12 and some are 10. But, I mean, there you go. It evolves into – look at 
football, for instance, now the concussion thing is starting to get brought up. Football's been around for fucking how many years? So this sport is evolving, but then you get this fight of the 60-something-year-old. So something that the NFL doesn't have to fucking consider is, like, I don't know, off breaches of the NFL, you know? Like, what they have is Pop Warner, and then what happens for Pop Warner is you go into high school, you know? High school isn't, like, a league. Well, yeah, there's league. no it's not like football. organization. Like, like, high school, then you have, you have college, and then you have, like, the... Uh, it's like something that, that's like the guys who couldn't get drafted by the NFL go to this other league. I forgot what it's called. It's a like NFL. A friend it's of like ours used to do it. It's the Canadian student. fucking football league. That's what it is. But anyways, what we're getting at is so there's all these other leagues, right? Well, there's also all these other leagues in MMA. And that's why you get... Branches of the sport. You. That's basically. why you get a lady who is 68 fighting a lady who is 20 fucking four. That's absolutely ridiculous. But not only do you get that, to add... Another fucking ice cream scoop on this fucking cone that these fucking people who hate MMA are just fucking soaking up right now is this thing that's called Bellator. Bellator was slash is slash I don't really know what the fuck they're trying to do is another branch of MMA. So it's not UFC. So UFC is the NFL of MMA. MMA, mixed martial arts, combat sports. Boxing isn't considered an MMA as well as vice versa because of all the elements that you have to apply. I just want to give a little distinction. Like, there's, there's, there is a distinction between boxing and They're MMA. Very, very different sports. You Even, can add some of one to the other, but at the end of the day, they are very, very different. So anyways, you have this other league of MMA that's not UFC that's called Bellator. Well, they bring out all the people you love, right? All these people that you see getting in YouTube videos, you know? That's who the Bellator people are going for. They're going for the people who are making a viral connection, kind of. Like, oh, he went viral? Let's Wouldn't fucking cool pick him up. Yeah. Celebrity fighting, basically. It's celebrity it's celebrity fighting. It's fucking celebrity fucking deathmatch. It's no, the they, fucking MTV celebrity, 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 celebrity boxing. They had celebrity boxing. Did you ever know that? They did celebrity boxing. Where they that was a thing? They that had, was they a had, thing. They had D-list celebrities put gloves and headgear on. You want to make some so money? Rappaport had to fight Pena? No, it's kind of... It's kind of oh. yeah. No, but like, not It's like vanilla ice. Vanilla ice. It's like vanilla ice. It's like people whose careers took a dive. Like the kid from the kid from Say by the Bell, Screech, mm. fought someone else. He actually yeah. won. He did really well. So there you go. It's it's that idea of oh, you don't have any money anymore. Do you want to make some money? You right. Want to fight. It's the hundred hundred thousand dollars for fucking Roy Jones. Roy so Jones, like man. what we're trying to say is how this entire weekend, not just the sixty eight year old lady, because unfortunately the sixty eight year old lady didn't get a lot of press. So there's probably about five fucking thousand people that actually even knew about that fucking fight as it was happening. And through the fucking internet, it reached 20,000, maybe 50,000 people. Yeah, after it already happened, after this fucking travesty, this black eye for the sport. Bottom line, that's the biggest black eye. Like I think that one's bigger than what I'm about to go in with the Bellator. I I absolutely agree with you. So do I. So do I. So anyways, okay, so now they have this, like, Adney kept uh, bringing up the circus thing. Like, why are we doing this circus act? So then you have another circus act that's called Bellator, and they bring in Kimbo Slice. So if you kind of know anything about, like, I feel like the internet, because I feel like he was, like, one of, not, like, the first or the second or the third, but he was in that vein of pioneers that went viral through the internet when the internet first happened. Yeah. Because I was you had a bunch fighting. of crazy I, shit I that it. went yeah. viral. But you also had these street fights. You're like, oh, 
who are these guys? You know, you had these these street brawls that you kept seeing on the internet over and over. Well, Kembo Slice and Dada 5000 happen to be two of these people. So they get signed for a fight with an actual promotion. Like, it goes UFC, which is like the promotion, and then it goes Bellator. Bellator is lit. No. I apologize. That's a lie. It goes. I apologize. It goes UFC, and then it goes World Series of Fighting. U- World Series of Fighting is the next one. But then there's Bellator. All I'm trying to get at is Bellator is in the realm of being legitimate, and what they did this past weekend was complete garbage. Well, they did almost like the 24-hour thing with them because they interviewed both, gave example, like gave, showed past street fights. It was almost like they did their own montages, yeah. had them talk shit about each yeah. other. They led up to the fight. They did the fight but lead up. So there was none of that with that 67-year-old because of the fact that we're not going to show you this old woman fighting this young girl. It was just like we're putting this fight online. No one could say shit about it. No one could argue about it. But these guys, sorry, were way more matched, way more matched than that other I fight. like that point a lot because you – the thing is you had no footage of that older woman. Yeah. You yeah. had nothing. She had that – she didn't have that experience. So you're like, hey, look at this circus act real quick. Bam, bam, bam. And it, that's uh, it's so fucking disgusting to me. And what I thought like what you're bringing up with that fight, the uh, – uh, what's that? So, da, da, Dada 5000? Dada 5000. God, what the fuck? What are these names nowadays? I don't. I mean, I thought Kimbo Slice was a silly name, but uh, me too. Jesus Christ. Um, anyways, <laughs> I think those guys are perfect examples of. I don't care how good you are in a street fight. Pro fighting is a different animal. Like, there's a fucking like there's a brick foundation that you learn in the gym. That you're no matter how many street fights you get into, you're not going to get that brick foundation. Yeah, you can be a badass and you can go in to a pro fight and do some really good work. But if you were to have gone into a fight gym out of year years ago, you would have been a million times better because you need that brick foundation. You need those fundamentals. And when people say like people have this attitude of well, mostly guys, it's uh, definitely it's it's definitely guys. like every dude you ever t- like. No, like if like if you've been a professional like MMA fighter for three years, and some dude finds out that you do MMA, and he's gonna ask you something like, "You think you could take me?" And you're like, "Well, yeah, I'm a fighter. That's kind of I have to have that mentality to be a fighter." Uh, that guy's gonna be like, "No, nah, no way, man. <laughs> no guy will ever admit that you can unless he's a super like nerd or something like that or very comfortable with himself, <laughs> you know." No, but mo- like the ninety nine percent of guys are gonna be like, no man, no one could take me. They'll never admit they can be. Unless beat. you're a pro, I feel like. No, that's that what line. I'm saying. That's what I'm, I'm talking about. Regular guys. It's like so, you bar- you barbecue your house. Well, welcome to the line on, at being a chef. <laughs> welcome to cooking on the line. Big fucking difference with barbecuing with your family. Well, I cook I cook fettuccine from the pastaroni <laughs> box, so I'm pretty sure I can survive at one of the top ten Italian restaurants yeah. in the nation. Well, like I you know I no, take the biscuits yeah, and gravy really? out of the fucking For example, packet. Dude, I went to <laughs> culinary school and I thought I was the shit afterwards. I just went to school. I graduated. I'm good, dude. Stepping into the industry. I fucking knew zero percent. You don't learn until you get in that ring. You know, what I, I mean? didn't learn until you get in that with ring. film. You I think you know, but you have film. no fucking idea until you step into that fucking the step of the shoes of that professional career. Okay, and, and like, you're completely right. I, I just want to give a little example of the same thing that Stevie was doing because I did the same thing. I went and I graduated film school, and I was like, oh, pff, 
I know everything. I'm gonna get hired. People you guys don't me. know anything. And then I got on a production set, and I was like, I don't know fucking anything. <laughs> like I am. And that, that's stupid. I think the point that we're all making right now is the fact that any profession is like that. But the problem with combat sports is that the risk isn't oh you're gonna get fired. It's oh you could die. Could die. <laughs> Like, you die. silly motherfucker. Lose your life. And man. like this fight you're just talking about, those those two guys who are legendary street fighters, like I wouldn't want to fight, I'm telling you right now. I wouldn't fight him. Like <laughs> even if oh, even if Kimbo way. Slice wasn't a legendary street fighter, that guy's three of me and I'm like, I wonder if my punches would even affect him at all. He's like, scary. I would need to He's be scary. a straight black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And I bet you a brown belt could beat Kimbo. But it, that comes back on like the jaw. Okay, wait, yes. the, the, problem, the problem we have We're with this fight is the fact that ourselves. these guys are a lot older. Re- yeah. Correct? They're, about they're a lot th- older. They're 35s? I swear they're older than that, dude. Come on. Sidebar. For fucking Kimbo Slice, Dreamcast for fucking uh, Zelda. Right there. That's your guy right there. That is Ganondorf. One of the Gorons? That's Ganondorf right there. <laughs> no, you don't praise uh, nah, Zelda. I'm just saying. One of the Gorons. Oh, there you go. That's fine. But the continue. Rock dudes. Continue. Damn. Or King. Kimbo was 42. Told you. So, Fuck. And if you watch that fight, it was... A, it's like, really? You're putting this fight together? These guys need to fucking retire. And I think the whole point of this little subject is the fact that... We need to stop treating fights as a fucking game. This not game, this fight. Like Gennady Golovkin says, <laughs> this not game, this fight. I love fight. Like, but you have to be a, in a certain place physically in order to do this shit. Yeah, not punch only... Punch drunk, dude, punch drunk. You could fuck yourself up for the rest of your life. Your life can be ruined. Like, dude, you can ruin your fucking life. Pugilistic dementia. Hit, getting it's hit so... Okay, to wrap this bad. thing up, the whole reason I brought up Bellator and, like Adney said, and how I think it's really damaging MMA is because that they do this fight, okay? They do this fight between Kimbo and Data 5000, and it's a three-round, five-minute fucking fight. It's 15 minutes, okay? So if you are a f- so-called fighter, you should be able to train and at least have enough cardio Fight for 15 minutes. Well, these guys aren't fighters. You know, they're street brawlers. Street fights usually last, like, what, 30 seconds, dude? Yeah, like four minutes, you know? Four Not minutes. No. Max. I think that's overdoing it, dude. Most yeah, street fights right. I've seen in. You're right. Quick. Anyways, so they get into a fucking fight, okay? It's a, it's a sanctioned fight. Three rounds, five minutes. Within the first fucking round, these two... Big-ass motherfuckers are gassed by about three minutes in. They're fucking toasted. So we get a minute, a minute of solid, like, okay, he's throwing, he's throwing. They're figuring each other out. And then they both throw haymakers and try to get lucky, and then they're toasted. And it's a three-round fight. So this happens. So you have one minute of great action. You're like, oh, shit, this is about to be a brawl. And then they get tired. And then they literally don't do anything. And there are sections in this fight. I don't want to get too far into it, but we're already deep. Uh, the dude, I don't, it doesn't matter who lays on who at this point. Like, there are literally these guys grappling each other, and just the only reason they're up is because of the counterweight of their opponent. They're not throwing <laughs> strikes, they're not. 
They're not doing it. They're literally just resting on each other. I have never seen in my entire life somebody, a fighter, get full mount on a person and then the ref pull them off a full mount because they're not doing anything. That's how bad this fight was. It was so bad that they weren't doing anything. And at the end of it, Data 5000's heart stops. How? How is that possible? First of all, when you guys were barely fighting, you guys fought for two minutes and laid on each other for the next fucking 13 fucking minutes. And so by the end of the fight, some crazy shit happens. Kimbo throws a random right hook that doesn't hit Data 5000. It literally does not hit this dude. But the dude... Acts like it hit him, and he falls across the ring, and acts like it's a big knockout, and then he falls down. Well, didn't he get with the uppercut before that, though? He did. I will give you that. I'll give you that. He got caught with a good one. He got caught with a good one, but there was no power in it, I felt like. But at the same time, like, no matter how hard I've gotten punched, I've always felt it, whether it be, like, a full connect punch or, like... Yeah, like, right now, like, if I were just to go... Yeah. Or if you do the same thing to me, just to... I feel I'm gonna, it. I'm gonna feel it too. Like that's exactly. And I think, the because th- I know I got a lot of people. I know a lot of people who will see something like that and it's a fix. That's what they'll say. But you've never ran that's out of gas. That's what they say. It's I, a you, fix. You've never ran out of gas. I've run out of gas in a sparring session because I wasn't in shape enough, and I was like, yeah, t- I'll totally spar <laughs> like a moron <laughs> and been complete like been competitive for a couple of rounds like it's back and forth back and forth and all of a sudden run out of gas and it's it's so hard to describe that feeling because everyone's been like a lot of people could say like oh they did some kind of physical activity till they got really tired and they were like oh my god I was trying to catch my breath for like 20 minutes. Like, yeah, imagine that, but there's still someone punching you, and you still have to go on. You don't have a fucking choice. You can't say time out. It's someone attacking you. And when you get that far, and like, you're basically, you're like, you just want them away from you, so you like basically leap at them with a punch or something. And like, it just doesn't fucking do anything. And like, every punch like just does that much more effect and like it's so like your hands get so heavy dude 100 pounds each and no what matter what you can do you can't fucking lift them you're gasping your fuck like just <gasps> you're gulping air as much as you can and just like your body shuts you're hyperventilating have you you're seen hold on. your body eventually will shut down it'll tell you yeah not no more have you seen one fight in boxing that that they like Literally, both boxers were gassed by three fucking rounds. In a twelve-round fight, by three rounds they're fucking toasted. No, not not, not yet. Not because they're that's professional the thing, boxers. So the point that I'm trying to get to is, how is this organization considered professional? How can you even mention Bellator's name with and UFC? Take it seriously and yeah, take it seriously. Exactly. That's why I said that it set it back yeah, so far. Yeah, so that's the point. That the fucking that sport is set back. Chris is very upset about his own sport. Addy's upset because it's he is just he loves combat sport, 
So seeing this, it's like, man, is this, we've come this far? Is this really what we're going to be putting on the screen? But speaking of gods fighting, basically, um, Adney, I wanted to have you talk about, so we saw today that there was an R rating, <laughs> there was an R rating for Batman versus Superman. Adney, I wanted to get your opinion on that. What the fuck do you think about okay. that? So the, well, the, the, okay, sorry, the story was the fact that the movie is going to release at PG-13. Of course, more, you get wider audience, like yeah, we talked uh, about earlier. I but mean, the, the podcast. The, the, the Blu-ray is going to have an R-rated um, director's cut. And of course, anyone, like, ev- basically everyone is basically saying, like, they know the, they know the reason why. The uh, unprecedented success of Deadpool, like we said before... It is a game changer. Yeah, and they Second said, "Wow, R-rated Marvel movie besides Not that, Blade." It was actually like a couple. It was like, but yeah, it is a second Marvel movie. Yeah, yeah, Blade yeah. there's a couple first. other comic movies I guess everywhere. But I'm just fucking getting off track. I'm sorry. Howard the Duck was rated R, right? <laughs> Should be. <laughs> no, um, it rated R for retarded. Fucking who made that? Steve but the movie that the like and they so and like Chris brought up the uh, the point of there's going to be so many comic book properties that are going to try and copy the Deadpool line of. We're going to make this thing R-rated, even if it's not true to the character. The reason why Deadpool is rated R is because they were being true to the character, and it incidentally got that rating. But I don't know what position, because I was taking a piss. So, But I think Batman and Superman I haven't started do a position. do that. Oh, I, fucked up. I haven't started a position yet. I'm just like giving a quick fact thing about setting the groundwork. And so because of that success, and, like, and Chris said, like, yeah, it worked for Deadpool, but they're going to try and do it for a lot of comic book properties to try and make extra money, but it's not going to fit those characters, and then it's not going to work. And I 100% agreed with him on that. I think that was a brilliant point. And when this got brought up, this story you know, was set up, a lot of people are saying the same thing. Is they're doing an R rating for no reason, just for the money. Pay attention. <laughs> all like, that guess what? Surprise. We're all that stuff, and everyone's saying that shouldn't be R rated, and I... I have to disagree. Um, maybe it's hard to have a Superman story rated R because of how that character is built. But I, I mean, both characters, both characters no, no, I, against no. murder, right? I mean, no, yeah, no, with no, Batman, no, I think I can disagree. Superman, yes. Batman says he doesn't kill yet, but he has killed before. But what he does is you could, you if you was in a movie, the real Batman. Would be R-rated. Um, I haven't said this before on the podcast, but I've wanted. I've been looking for an excuse to say it. But uh, everyone could like when people think about the Batman, they think about all the live action versions of that movie. Um, there's been seven live, or actually eight, if you count the Adam West movie. Eight. No, we're going longer. <laughs> we're going uh, more than we have about, there's about eight <laughs> live action Batman movies, and in all Joe those movies. Longer? They were never true to the character of the Batman. Uh, they've been they've gotten closer and closer over time, but they never actually hit it. The most Batman thing I've ever seen in a live action film was <laughs> in the Dark Knight, the best live of action one. And it was a scene that like a lot of people uh, like I've tried to bring it up. A lot of people don't really remember it, but um, it's when the Batman's looking for Joker. And he, he tracks down the mob bosses because they're the ones that mm-hmm. set him loose. And he, he tracks down Salvatore Moroni, who's a real co- character from the comics. And the scene opens with him at a club and some fucking – one of his girls is like, can we go somewhere different? We can't hear each other talk. And he goes, 
What makes you think I want to hear you talk? I remember that, yeah. Super <laughs> Italian. He's super like a caricature of an Italian. Hell yeah. bad, yeah. Yeah, and then Batman shows up and starts beating up all his thugs and then grabs him and takes him out into the balcony. And he dangles him over. He, like, he pushes him over and he's holding him. And he's like, tell me where the Joker is. And he goes, bit of advice from one professional to another. If you're going to threaten someone, pick a better spot. From this height, <laughs> fall wouldn't kill me. And then Batman goes, I'm counting on it. And throws him off the ledge and br- shatters his fucking leg. And the rest of the movie, he's limping. That guy is limping. He is fucked for life. And Batman drops down and grabs him. And he's like, where is he? That is the most Batman thing I've ever seen. The reason why Batman is known as the Dark Knight, the reason why he is known as the darker character, the reason the story The Dark Knight Returns makes sense, the one that Frank Miller wrote, uh, in that story, it's everyone had to stop being superheroes because people were – this is a break of civil liberty. You're injuring people for no fucking reason. You're crippling people for life. You're injuring people for life, and that's not what a hero should be. Superman is a real hero. You aren't Batman. You're not. You're a bad fucking – you're doing it villain. the wrong way. They, they, they beat that into the character in all those movies. You're a, you're a vigilante. Yeah, they you do that. You are a vigilante. Yeah, they do that in the movies. Yeah, but they don't show it. Exactly, that's my point. Is that that's why that's the most Batman thing he's ever seen? Because that shows he is a vigilante. He dropped someone from a balcony. He could have not died. just a vigilante, but the 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 fucking worst kind. It's almost as bad. He's almost as bad as the Punisher, where they say, "Oh, he's so bad and everything," but you, as the audience, you're watching, you're like he's not that bad. He's not that. He's you're just rooting got, for the orphan. He's, you're he's rooting not, for the he's orphan. He's not gonna guy out. That's not that bad. It's like, but no. But in the comics, he does horrible shit to these criminals. That if like if. Like all these police brutality videos we see online, that's the kind of shit that Batman would do but without the actual killing. He will beat you on a suspicion. That's why the Batman is bad for Gotham. As much as I love the Batman, he is my favorite comic character and I will never stop loving the Batman. He is bad. He's not a good thing. You should never be a Batman. That's No, it's not good. And that – and like they only showed that once. In any of the live action movies. And that was when he did that to Salvatore Moroni. I was like that's the most Batman Batman's ever been. Without when one of the animated features. And then I was like. And then of course the. Uh, I think it was like the second or third trailer for Batman v Superman released. And I was like wow. Ben, I said it on the podcast. Ben Affleck is so not Batman. He's confused. He's just bewildered. He's, that's not what Batman is. He's not cool. He's not intimidating. He's not whatever. Nothing. He's the world's. I'm the producer. He's the world's greatest. We had the structure. He's the world's greatest detective. Look at him. If you're he's the six four. Detective. Yeah. But in, but then they released the newest trailer, and I fucking flipped faster than a presidential candidate. <laughs> I was like, holy <laughs> shit! Oh, that's so fucking. They showed him being quintessential <laughs> Batman. Like the one of the reasons why Batman is so – because Batman is opposite of Roy Jones Jr. He is a mortal amongst gods. He is one of the top seven members of the Justice League, and yet he is a mortal human being. The reason why he's able to compete with these people is he's smarter than them, and he is the best strategist in like in the fucking world, in, in that the, universe. In his universe, yeah. He – like he like there like if you want to like there's a comic called The Tower of Babel or there's also an animated film called Justice League Doom where it illustrates all of Batman's plans for defeating the rest of the Justice League. 
It's meant as a contingency in case one of them was turned bad. Here's how he would take them out. Because he's they're superheroes compared to a normal man. Yeah, not kill yeah. them, but just neutralize them. And in those both those stories, a villain finds his plans and they, he uses them against the. He uses those plans against the Justice League, but Batman, being what he is, he's like, oh, well, I have a contingency for that contingency. Here's how we solve these problems. Because he's the greatest planner in the world. <laughs> I have one question. So, does the Batman do what he does for justice, or does he do it for retribution? That is, that question, that existential question, is why I love the Batman. It's the story. It's the que- It's because while you're reading these comics, while you're reading or watching these stories, whatever it is, however you, you know, envelop that cult, that story, um, all the while you're saying he is the hero. You're telling yourself he's the hero. He's doing what's right. He's this. He has such a stern line of justice. Superman always has looked up to him as you are my moral compass. You know you have this hard line of what's right and what's wrong, and you will never break that line. You know what's right, so I'm going to kind of follow that, and I look up to you for that, for the fact that you are unfucking bendable That's what Superman said? Yeah, that's the way he sees Holy the Batman. Holy shit. That's, that's amazing. But at the same time, you do realize over you enough content that, that Batman is doing the wrong thing. He could be doing so much more to help the city. So you're thinking like, is he just doing – he is insane. He does have problems. He should be seeing a psychiatrist. He's fighting these villains who have psychological problems, but instead of actually helping them, he's beating the shit out of them. And he, it's like he gets a Giving sick, them even more he, brain drama. He, <laughs> yeah. He does get a sick pleasure out of doing this. You have to assume. So you're like, I really don't think the Batman is a good – fucking thing or he's good for almost Goth- is Batman villain. good for Gotham that's the- and the whole time you're every time you read a good story like Batman Hush or The Dark Knight Returns or any of like Death of the Family any of the really great Batman story arcs you're thinking that another good one's like uh, Under the Red Hood where uh, uh, the second Robin Jason Todd is murdered and he comes back because it's super not different thing <laughs> But he basically says, I'm doing what – you want to rule the criminal underworld by fear. I'm doing that, but I'm going one step further by actually killing the worst ones. I'm not talking about killing – he says, I'm not talking about killing the penguin. I'm not talking about killing a Catwoman or Killer Croc. Just him. Just the Joker. Not for killing me, but because he took you away from me. He took me away from you. Because that's his And why can't you arch- murder this death-worshipping piece of trash? And that question gets brought up, and you're sitting there like, what the fuck? Because that's his biggest arch that's enemy, right? So that's his good. arch enemy is the Joker. <laughs> More than anybody else, the Joker even says in the movie, right, you need me. You, you know, he me. says, I need you. Oh, there, that's, sorry, my bad. I need you. Yeah, he goes, you. he's like, so why do you want to kill me? He goes, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to kill you. <laughs> what would I do without you? Go back to a ripping off mob dealer? No. No. You complete. Me, and so that and that really was a very good, quick little glimpse into their relationship. Dude, I wonder, the real relationship. I wonder if Heath Ledger wrote that because I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> no, uh, it's so good. Christopher Nolan was like, I, "I love Heath Ledger. I'm in love with this guy." <laughs> but that's my point. Is like, so you never get to see the real Batman in the movies. And if you did do, and if you were to be able, like, okay, so our limit is no longer PG-13. We can go a step further. 
I think you could show Batman for who he really is. Thanks to Deadpool. And here's my Thanks problem. to Deadpool. Tell us. I think they shot it as a PG-13 movie. Absolutely. And what they're going to try to do is implement R-rated material. So rather... They go back and throw a couple uh, of blood splatters. They didn't plan it as an R-rated. They weren't planning to record an R-rated movie. Film exactly. something. See, so that's why I have a problem with it. Not if if they would have originally planned for it to be R-rated, I would be with it. And if they got no, you have to make a PG-13. It's doing, like, okay, okay. Well, then I'll cut some scenes. He's trying to do a director's cut. So what it really boils down to is how many shots did he take when he wasn't supposed to take them. That's what it really boils down to. I absolutely agree with that. It boils down to him being like, okay, that was a good take, but this time, I want you to do it this way. And he straight directed him into being that dark and shady character. Batman, because yeah. the person that Ben Affleck was portraying was this PG-13 Batman. But I have to give it, it – we'll see what happens. But if the director did his job – and and this is a true director's cut. And he went for there something were, different. There were, there were two separate cuts on on multiple heavy scenes where it was like, okay, so PG thirteen Batman is gonna do this, and then R rated Batman is gonna do this. So that's what it really boils down to. If whether or not so he did that. Here's the thing though, is like like I said before, I flip flopped on my decision because of this last trailer. What this last trailer showed was quintessentially Batman. You had the strategist. It was a guy, okay, all these enemies are on this floor. I'm going to go on the floor below him, surprise him with that thing, and then I'm, he's, you see him hanging on the beams. That's what Batman does. He, he startles you, he scares you, and he slowly takes you out one at a time. He lets you waste your ammunition, and then he'll attack the group. And it showed him being brutally savage, the way he knocked those guys out. Oh, dude, it was fucking, it was almost like the new force in the new Star Wars. Like, the way that it's, like, extremely fast and it's aggressive. Dude, he it was, was basically shit up in this new trailer. We were like, whoa. What you saw okay, but in that trailer was mid to late 80s Mike Tyson. Damn. So, like, look up those highlights, how cartoonishly Mike Tyson knocked guys out. One of the like fucking now imagine, shortest knockouts, right, in heavyweight history. Yeah, now imagine that he was fighting just regular human beings. Not fighters, but regular human beings. So that's what you're getting when you see the Batman fighting just these, you know, like thugs with fucking guns. And so it is, like, people will be like, oh, that's super cartoony and comic booky. Like, no, that's what it would look like if someone like a Mike Tyson was fighting regular yeah, people. someone who trained to beat up. He's trying, yeah, and, like, and, he, and this Batman is, by the way, six foot five, over two hundred pounds. No, like, no, this guy he, is a fucking. But monster. he has mental issues, obviously, or else he wouldn't dress up like a bat uh, and go yeah. out at night. He got to be crazy to yeah, dress yeah. up like a bat. Yeah, bat, what we're getting at is Batman is secretly bad for Gotham. I mean, but like like Chris said, if they didn't do that, if they didn't record an R rating on the side of the PG thirteen, this is my caveat to that. This is my caveat to that, because of the director, it's Zach fucking Miller, the dude Snyder. He did right. Watchmen. He I did 300. Up. But he did 300. And when 300 first came out, that was like... The movie. I love that revolutionary. Movie, the yeah. slow motion in the middle of fast motion. So because Zack... Snyder. 
For some reason, I want to keep Chris calling him Miller. Chris is not the Miller. main guy. Chris I want to keep calling him well, Miller. Well, I think I think because like he got a lot of inspiration for this movie from Frank Miller, the guy who wrote The Dark Knight Returns, yeah. the greatest <sighs> comic book ever. Who made Batman written. darker, kept took it away he from that it, he brought the darkness color. Back. Yeah, there you After go. After the 1960s Adam West show, everyone wanted the goofy Batman. The comics followed that. They were like, Bam, "Hey, this works." Boosh, and then yeah. Frank Miller's like, "That's not what Batman is." Exactly. This. Oh, is what Batman, and it's what we know now. You said Frank Miller. It's Zack Snyder. You no, 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 no. No, I'm, no, talk- I'm saying Frank Miller's why you think maybe that's why you said the oh, name Miller. You're right. That's He's why giving I'm giving you a I'm talking about right. the comic book writer. You're right. That's why I'm giving. And I'm, it this guy so is what Zack Snyder is being. He's like I said. I'm inspired by that comic. That what Frank Miller did. And I think that's why you're associating the name. Frank that's, Miller that's, turned Batman into what we know now as Batman. When we when people imagine night. Batman, they see that the this darkness, this fucking you know, and we love this that. guy who will. Oh, you might lead me to a serious drug dealer, so I'm gonna break all the limbs in your body. Yeah. to get that information. It's not. Well, I, I hate to get that cartoon. You guys are so completely stupid. right. I fucked up. I fucked up hard right there. That's my fault. What I was trying to get at is because of the guy who directed it, and I gotta make sure I fucking... You said it before, Because Zach I know Snyder. who Zach he Snyder, is, yeah. dude. Because he was revolutionary. Um, Because of how he directed it, I do think that there will be darker scenes in the director. I do think that he did shoot it. Okay, we're gonna shoot it for, like, PG-13 or whatever. But I'm also gonna do it kind of how I want to do it. And so I think he made him play two different and roles. They cut, the maybe guy. he even gave it to them, and they were like, you got to cut know. this. But I don't know. This is just my assumption. This is just my assumption. It's like the fucking production company is like, you got to cut that. That's dark. That's not Batman. But he know, as he said, Frank Miller comics. He sees Batman the way Frank Miller sees it. The darkness. Like Frank Miller said, this is the cartoonish. That isn't Batman. Batman is this. He's almost evil in a way it's like there wouldn't be evil in gotham without batman they feed off each other it's almost like you can't have god without satan it's the evil in comparison to the Mm -hmm. good that's what really bugged me about that show gotham is that they made it seem like the villains happened and so he had to be batman to fight these cartoonish villains villains. but that's one of the one of the things why it's that's one of the things that jokers like i said the conflict of is batman right for gotham and you're thinking that the whole time is because every villain it's inflation. They touched on it very lightly in the Christopher Nolan films of, you know, like uh, Gordon tells uh, Batman, he goes, what about inflation? I was like, what do you mean? You know, garling marbles. Garling <laughs> marbles. And he goes, <laughs> he's like, we carry semi-automatics. They buy automatics. Give your book. We wear flak jackets. They buy armor-piercing rounds. You're wearing a mask. Well, look at this guy. And he, you know, gives him the Joker card, and it's that whole thing of, in the comics, every bad guy is basically an inflation of what Batman. Batman was created to fight organized crime, and then the villain started. Uh, yeah, the the Joker is a direct fucking consequence of Batman. It was just a regular petty criminal who wore this tuxedo and he wore like this head, this red thing over his head. And like the mafia basically had this guy go, "Look, you're gonna wear this thing." He's like. The Red Hood? No, I heard he was a... I don't want to disrespect that guy. He's really powerful. I was like, no, that's a trick. We put that same hood on a bunch of different guys to trick the police. 
So you never really know who's doing who's it. doing the crime. So they you do have, that now in the mafia. They switch people to run the mafia now. So oh, you have that guy doing that's that. Crazy. And they try to rob a chemical plant because that's where that guy used to work. Like, you're going to get in this chemical plant. We're going to rob it. You're going to wear this costume. So they think it's a super villain. Well, this is the this is the origin story of like the mess, what most uh, fans choose, right? Because there's other origin yeah, stories. Yeah, this is right? from The Killing Joke. Okay, there you But go. so the Batman shows up. He thwarts a thing and he accidentally drops this guy into a vat of chemicals. Those chemicals, he comes out looking like the Joker. He goes insane. His family's dead. He becomes the Joker. So he sees the Batman as, you created me. You created me. So that's how that weird connection starts of like, the Joker loves the Batman and he sees him as his opportunity to shine. To my, He's obsessed with showing up the Batman on a large scale of, I want to beat you and I want the world to see it. Damn, and that's dude. why so many times he creates these elaborate schemes to do it because he wants to do it in this elaborate way and all that. And that's I want him to do it the opposite way because I feel like every just grab and shoot him. Least... No, <laughs> I want him. But I'm, like, this is what love. This is why I love Batman. This but what, that's like, what, last that's the whole thing of. That's me... like I said. Like that's why I love Batman is because it's the conflict like what, of. Do you, does he have to burn him? You know, like I don't know. I'm trying. But to think about, like the whole thing about the R-rated version is. So, yeah, like, maybe, like, the Blu-ray version of Batman v Superman will have some silly bullshit in it of, like, oh, yeah, that was real R-rated, dude. But what I, th- what I think this is important is because Ben Affleck is already signed to direct a solo Batman film. And I remember when I first heard that, like, a year ago, I remember telling Stevie in the car, like, having this news and saying, I want yeah. him to do the Red Hood story. And the they kind of – I just alluded to that of the Red Hood was originally – you know, just that trick, and then later on, when Batman's second Robin, when Batman, yeah, he knows all this shit. You think Ben's that smart? Dude, no, Ben is a huge dude. His best friend is Kevin fucking Smith. Listen, I was gonna say Ben is a huge fan of the Batman. Okay, and fuck around with that. Not only that, but he's one of his best friends is Kevin fucking Smith, who is one of the biggest Batman cast. A podcast called Batman on Batman. But sorry, <laughs> but the point is, like, like I said before, like, there's a story where Jason Todd, who was the second Robin, is killed by the Joker. He's revived because the Lazarus Jason pit, Todd's and he comes back and he takes on the identity of the Red Hood. And that's all you think he's just this random guy who's killing all these other criminals and everything. Then you find out the story, and I think that would be a perfect solo Batman film, and that one you would need oh, no. to do R-rated yeah. because that's a, there's a lot of murder. In that story, and that's what that deals with. That story is about murder, and is it okay? On that, the whole like what that behind that story, the fucking core of that story is the question of is there a line that when it's crossed, is it okay to murder someone? Is murder okay in certain circumstances? Is murder inherently bad, or is it okay? If a certain person pushes the boundaries too far, yeah, that's what that entire the the story is about. Does it, it, is it a bigger picture? If you murder this one person, is there going to be a bit bigger picture for the good of humanity? It's like yeah, that's, that's what that where whole they... story is about. And I think you would have to have it already to do that. And I think if they're willing to do a Blu-ray version already of Batman v Superman, they will do an already solo Batman film. And I think that would be probably the best Batman live action film made. But Superman versus Batman, the R rating, like Adney Adney said this outside the podcast, 
it's gonna be a soft R. It's gonna be a soft R. Uh, maybe like a you know soft. it's not like super soft. Like it could be like you like when you rub your dick before a picture and you're like it's a little hard. It's a chub. It might be a chubby R. Like it'll be a chubby R. Look, but it's not boys. gonna be a full on rock hard R. It's not gonna be that. It's Deadpool not, it's, with it's, rock hard R. Listen up, fanboys. You're not gonna get a Batman Wonder Woman sex scene. Get over it. It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. You're right. You're right. Go to Bing and search it. Maybe you'll find it there. All right. <laughs> Stevie Endes. Oh, well, that brings us to uh, Stevie's book suggestions. So I actually want to suggest. I just finished um aud- audible audiobook, uh, Amy Poehler's book. It's called, ah! dude. It's called Yes Please. I actually didn't even Amy really. Poehler. I'm I, actually gonna listen to this one. Yeah. Because I love Amy. Poehler. So do I. So I didn't. I I knew who Amy Poehler was because of Silent Live. But then when I moved to Portland, Chris showed me. He's like, show. He's like, you gotta see this movie. You gotta see this TV show. He's constantly watching stuff because film film student, always trying to see something new and gain intelligence through cinema. And he was like, oh, have you ever heard of Parks and Recs? And I was like, no, what the fuck is Parks and Recs? He was like, dude, you have to see this. I fell in love with that show. As soon as Ron Swanson, Nick Offerman hit the screen, I'm like, yep, I'm fully in tune. This is my guy. Ron Swanson is like the man everybody should And it's the love that Amy uh, Amy Poehler and uh, Nick Offerman share on the show, and they are opposite characters, like a motherfucker. She tries to make him soft-hearted. He tries to make her more of a badass. They feed off each other. It's, it's the Batman and Joker. Does she anything of the writing? She does. So she she actually brings on the writer of Parks and Rec. Um, she or Parks and Rec. That's what it's called, not Parks and Recs. Uh, uh, but she brings on the the writer of Parks and Rec. She also brings on um, what's his name that was writing on Saturday Night Live for so long. He actually had a show young looking guy white guy um he does the show on hulu cartoon wise um what? it's it's on he has comedy central he was actually doing the um the newscasting it for center alive what it the fuck matter. is his name you know his fucking name he would write all the news. seth myers thank you sorry i wanted to fucking get that out there because it's going to bother me seth myers she has seth myers on he reads a chapter she has a bunch of other actors on to read chapters mm-hmm. for that they wrote about her um, she was like, I fucking hate writing books. Oh, yeah. But so the book is about, it's not just a random book. It's a book about her life, her experience, um, how she, how she came to fame, her, her having kids. Um, she talks about park parks and rec a lot as, as well as Saturday Night Live. And you yeah. said that she had other people write certain chapters. No, well they wrote, it's like a, we love you kind of thing. It's, um, so they they basically, she said, do you want to write a chapter for my book? And Or some people offered. But they wanted to give their opinion That's on like Amy. amazing yeah, collaboration yeah. project. They wanted to give their opinion on Amy and say, like, no, I, like, I have known you for so long. Like, for instance, Seth Meyers. Amy and t- uh, fucking, what's her name? Best friend. Writes Tina with her. Fey. Tina Fey. Amy and Tina Fey used to be, uh, they used to do fucking uh, comedy show together. It was like a two-woman show. But even before that, they worked for... Basically, um, it was almost like, uh, whose line is it anyway? It's in New York. I can't remember the exact it's just name of the show. improv shit. Yeah, an improv. It was a giant improv show. They worked it for years. They were friends. Now, they were like, can anybody come on the stage? Seth Meyer comes on the stage. They do a joke around him and everything like that. They don't even know who this kid is. Fine. Now, Seth Meyers gets into comedy. And then when he gets on to Saturday Night Live, Amy Poehler gets on. And Seth Meyers like, listen, I don't think you know this, but when... I saw your show in New York. Your and uh, fucking 
Tina Fey. Oh, Tina Fey. Sorry, I don't know why I'm forgetting your name. You and Tina Fey, I looked at you women like you were goddesses. Like you were these hilarious women and I wanted to be like you. Then he got hired on SNL and then Amy Poehler did. And so he was like, I know you. You don't, and she didn't really remember really, but it was phenomenal. So now the book. So, I don't want to. Uh, <clears throat> so the book, no, so the book is basically just about her life in general and the last chapter, which is really cool, she goes to the place to where she first started, the place where they first started doing comedy and doing those the shows, the comedy shows, the improv shows, and she reads her chapter in front of an audience of comedy lovers, and it's dude, it was um, an amazing book. So again, the book is Yes Please by Amy Poehler. You guys gotta check. It is out. there one? Uh, is there anything about Donald Glover in there? Um, no, there's nothing about Donald Glover in there. That would be more Tina well, he, Fey's yeah. book. That would be way more Tina Fey's book. Tina Fey, he actually, Donald Glover thanked Tina Fey. It's kind of like, she made me who I am. We talked about this last time on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So Amy Poehler, it was more about her own success. She didn't really, you know, she brought in the people that kind of like have been there some, somewhat at the beginning or the people that are really close with her now. But that was the book. And I'm telling you guys, I fucking laughed my ass off and I cried. I'm, I get very, I don't get emotional with relationships, man. When it comes to a good book or a good movie, I cry. I'm fucking crying. Like I get emotional. It's alligator tears, dude. I and I will I not feel, hide the like, fact that I cry every time I watch Creed. And yes, I've watched it multiple fucking times. And Adney has a true <laughs> connection with that movie, a personal connection. More than most, it's a rare connection. Only a few probably have. Uh, Back to feel a- Amy that. and Tina. I think we should like before we go. Like it's so hard for a woman to succeed in stand-up comedy or any comedy field, period, because there is that stigma that Stevie touched on before in the podcast is that so many men will automatically – oh, women aren't funny. Yeah, Women aren't fucking funny. So they have to be even more funny just to get recognized. They can't connect with the material. It's like, yeah, some of the stuff may not be funny to you because you can't relate. Like you said, you can't relate to it. But so many women are fucking hilarious and they're so talented. They make such great – structured jokes they have such good fucking sketches or like how Tina and Amy made fucking Mean Girls who it was supposed to be just a girl movie but I fucking love it and Me like too. That so many guys I know love that dude. movie and like dude. every project they do is great and when they're on SNL it's amazing they're really fucking they, talented dude they fucking and do so well together what's what's the show on uh, Netflix um the about that the one Unbreakable that, Kimmy Schmidt. Oh my god, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is fucking. I binged phenomenal. it. Like, I worked twenty one days in a row. My one day off, I was like, I'm gonna spend this whole day. No, watching not, this entire that, series. Like Adney's first day. <laughs> Adney's first day off in so long. Three I weeks. come out. Adney's binge watching. He's in a white robe, butt naked underneath. Like, I had underwear on. Dude, I he had, he, he had a fucking animal. He had a coffee cup in his hand, but I swear it was filled with beer. <laughs> He's like, "What are you doing with your day off?" This. <laughs> what is well, this? Check this, this new show. Tina Fey Dude. show out. <laughs> I mean, like, like you said, yeah. It, and what I think, what I love about that is that they have for men to succeed, all they're very supportive. Like, oh, good for you, hell yeah, keep going what you're doing, or keep doing what you're doing. But when women dress, like, okay, here we go. You're all the time. Sell. They're not that supportive, and man, to actually strive and to be as funny as they are, dude, if, it's one of the funniest books I've ever I've ever listened they're just to great or read. Fucking writers, not just Amy like Poehler, not, they can't. They're not just silly and funny. They're great writers. The yeah, shows they make, the arcs, the arcs of their jokes and everything like that. Rock they are fucking and phenomenal. Parks and Rec are just great shows who are award-winning shows. Thirty Rock reason. and Parks and Rec. Are both Tina Fey was actually 10. the first female writer on SNL, like actual head writer, right? 
Dude, that is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, first female head writer ever in the history of SNL was Tina Fey. Good Rightfully for, so. Good for fucking you. you know Rightfully I mean? And we're so. going to eventually get to that spot like we talked earlier to where... It's not going to make a difference. It's not going to be exciting that a woman is a first rider. That's not say, exciting. Yeah, it's, it's normality. Gonna, it's normality. You're yeah. not going to have a caveat of, oh, this was a, like I hit the caveat of, oh, she's a really good female comic. No, you're not going to say that. You're going to say this is a really good comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like we're able to go on tangents about like, uh, oh, well, she's not female or he's male and, oh, he's black or he's Mexican or he's fucking Asian or whatever it might be. I think it's going to be harder. For the people that are coming up. Like, even actor and actress, that's bullshit. It's not supposed to be that. It's supposed to be actor, no matter what. The actor. Or that's just what it is. That's the, be pretentious that's the career. It. That's the career is being an actor. Like, oh, she's a great actor. She's a great actress. It's like, fuck you. That singles her out. To, Don't that means she's me. Yeah. It means she's different. No, you're not a fucking stewardess. Stewart. That's just what, you know, it's. Flight attendant. Or flight attendant. Sorry. Flight attendant. That's the new, you know. You know, like Stuart as like something like a as like a uh, medieval times title, oh, I think, okay, wasn't whatever. it? I'm, I'm not you were the Stuart. Yeah, you're in control of the, the yeah. war. It seems like a general or something. All right, well, uh, we that love was a weird you guys. Thing we I love said. our Alkies out there. So we went a little bit longer this time, but um, we enjoyed it. You guys, it doesn't matter. Fuck you. Uh, but um, we want to say that this we... This isn't uh, about you. Stop being selfish. Yeah. Uh, we actually just created an Instagram, if you guys want to check it out. It's The Alcoholic Ass. Please check it out. No hyphen, okay? The Alcoholic Ass. Check us out on Instagram. If you can share the podcast, if you are fans who do listen all the way through. The two people listening right now, all the way to three hours and ten minutes, we love you. Who sat through the Batman talk? Yeah. Tell we, them, we, tell we, them we, we love you. There was an issue we had, actually, Bring with out your a couple... Let us know. Yeah. We have an email now that Stevie needs to plug next, and um, we got you guys on shoutouts all day. But here's yeah. the thing: like, we're gonna use the Instagram to not only like promote pack podcasts that we've showed, but we're gonna give you a little behind the scenes kind of pictures, stuff that we're doing. Anytime we're gonna cover a subject, we might have pictures of that subject of us, like you know, involving in that story that we're telling. Or give you previews of shit we're gonna see soon. And just today, I posted pictures from last week when uh, we talked about our dream casting decisions. I posted pictures showing all those decisions and like you know side by side you know comparisons and all that stuff. So please check that out. You know, give it a like. Again, you can find me on Instagram at the Last Bibliophile uh, and Facebook at Stevie Arias Borghese. You can find me on all those social networking things as. Adney Barino. You can spell that by just add any bar. Reno. And this is. We love you so much. We all your hosts. hosts and if. This time. And if, if you share our podcast and say nice things, we'll give you a shout out. Share the podcast. <laughs> and you guys have a great night. And again, we love you.